Tune in to the Neil Prendeville Show weekdays from 9 a.m. on Cork's Red FM. Well, that weekend came around very fast, didn't it? Always does with a bank holiday start to it. So there you go. And into the Halloween weekend we go. And we'll have some stuff on that across the morning. Uh, listening to the news there with uh, Kira Rivens, a couple of the stories that she's featuring also feature in the newspapers. Now there's a lot of COVID-related stuff and nightclubs and what have you. But that issue with regards to Irish Rail staff is something we dealt on this programme some weeks back. And, uh, you know, many people working in Irish Rail go to work with a lot of trepidation uh, every day, particularly if they're working on the trains and there could well be action, some industrial action um, and causing disruption up to Christmas, to be quite honest, because of, you know, thuggery. They describe it as thuggery and antisocial behaviour and downright thuggery that's gone well beyond the tipping point now at Irish Rail. And it's a story that makes the Irish Times. Uh, but today, the Red Tops talk to talk about it, um, uh, the clubs and the late bars with dance floors. There's a big difference between a late bar with and without a dance floor, you know. Uh, it's the dancing part of it that'll catch you. That's where you got to get the booking an hour before. So night flub, they call it, with the last minute bar rules branded as shambles by the bosses. So night flub is one headline. Fright club is another one. The complete shambles of reopening laws for late bars where there's a bit of uh, a bit of an old dowser. Um, in fact, the papers this morning uh, remind people as to everything you need to do. It's got to be an electronic ticket. You can't buy it at the venue. It's got to be got an hour before in advance. You have to have your name and your phone number on it. You can't give it to somebody else. You can't congregate or gather outside the venue hoping you can get in. And when you're in there in a busy nightclub, you got to stay a metre apart when you're trying to get a drink at the bar. Masks must be worn if you're not dancing. Um, I suppose you need to move it if you're supping. Uh, but when you go when you go for a dance, you can take the mask off. It's kind of bizarre, isn't it? Uh, children uh, feature on the front of the uh, mail this morning and have done all week, particularly primary school children, because of uh, an alarming outbreak amongst primary school children of uh, people, te- kids testing positive uh, for COVID-19. So they could be offered the jab, the vaccine COVID jab, in the next few months, according to uh, uh, the Tarnished uh, and, you know, with figures... Um, in and around, you know, 2,200, 2,400, 2,600 a day over the last week or so. In fact, the figures of 2,605 come in uh, for yesterday. But there was some talk as to whether or not the schools would reopen after um, half term, after the Halloween break. And the Irish Times is saying this morning that they will. Uh, one other thing that's interesting is yesterday I was watching some kind of uh, narrative and some rumblings and rumors about some kind of a short term Lockdown, And it's a story that makes the mail that, you know, possibly of a pre-Christmas circuit breaker, as they call it, uh, like a short, sharp shock, I suppose. But Leo Verreicher has actually said that that can't be taken off the table. It never can, really, when you're looking at numbers and particularly pressure uh, on the uh, health service and the ICU. Do you think that maybe we will ever arrive at a time when we're not giving out or talking about daily numbers and we will just get on with our lives and focus on the pressure in the hospital settings and people in hospital and ICO and, and ICUs and only start talking about that figure? That's the worrying one, the pressure on the uh, on the health service. But one in three women aged between 22 and 24 taken to ICU um, were pregnant. So one third of women in ICU with COVID were pregnant and unvaccinated. In spite of all of the advertising that I'm hearing that vaccines are safe for pregnant women, there is still a cohort of women who just don't believe that. Oh, one other story that makes nightclubs, it's overseas and I know there's been one or two incidents here and we've always heard of drinks being spiked, uh, women's drinks primarily. I'm sure it must happen with men too, but possibly not in the same kind of numbers. But in the UK now, nightclubs are... According to the Times UK, largely deserted 
on the busiest night of the week for students as thousands of women are now boycotting venues to raise awareness about spiking and sexual harassment, which is kind of interesting. We look at the front of this morning's Echo, and again, it's a story that um, has not gone away and only gets worse. The amount um, of uh, reports to the Sexual Violence Centre, particularly in Cork, and their latest one says that uh, 28% of all sexual assaults took place in the victim's house, and 87% of the perpetrators of sexual assault were known to their victims. Talking about in the home then, with lots more people working from home, of course, and having been doing so for the last two years, it means that there's been a massive rise in tech sales. And that's why you will see tech shares and tech stocks going through the roof uh, on stock exchanges around the world. But they're reporting this morning that shops have seen a surge in sales of laptops, like furniture, because people have had to adapt their home for the workplace. Paint even sale, paint sales have gone through. Um, I don't know whether people are painting the house when they're, supp- when they're supposed to be working or painting the house because they are working from home to make it look a bit nicer. But uh, it's a story that makes the, the mail today. And you heard in the news there about the golfer, um, uh, Mark McGorty, 48-year-old. Um, the Echo this morning says uh, that he um, was awarded just under €102,000 by the High Court. He was helping out. He was just doing his bit in the club and assisting to put up timber cladding, cladding apparently. And his left index finger was partially severed while helping. Um, that paper, that story makes the court reports today. And uh, another story on Leeside is the loss of another pub, the Island Tavern above a military road in St. Luke's. Lovely pub. Been there for many, many years. Well, they've put in a planning application now for it to be no longer a pub and to be turned into apartments. And that's got the, the green light. We're seeing a lot of pubs go, aren't we? Uh, and other stories that make the papers that are kind of related uh, to COVID is Golfgate. If you thought that went away, it hasn't gone away because early in the new year, we will actually have the court case. And they figure that up to 50 witnesses will be called to give evidence. There are two people who will be before the court on trial. Uh, the former Fianna Fáil Senator Donny Ca- Cassidy and the Galway West Independent D- TD Noel Grealish. And on, in an online world, a lot of things happening. Facebook are trying to reposition themselves and rebrand themselves, you know, because they're getting an awful lot of grief. And more grief than ever now, I think, will start coming from Facebook Marketplace there's an awful lot of scams and an awful lot of thievery going on. But that's for another day. Um, Facebook Marketplace can be a dodgy place to buy things. Um, but they say now that they're going to rename the, the, the Big Brother company, if you like, the name of the corporate company itself, to Meta. Um, as, if, as if that's going to make any kind of a difference. But, um, of course, all this started with Zuckerberg, who created it while in college in his dorm back in 2004 and God knows would he ever have wondered back then what it would have resulted in now. Um, But with regards to trolling then on social media platforms the latest report by Twitter analysis is that Meghan Markle is the most trolled person in the world. I mean that's a phenomenal thing to even say, a phenomenal statement to make. She is the most trolled person in the world. Targets gets targeted by more abuse than anybody else. And um, that's what they say anyway. I mean, that's the, the latest research on it. Also, uh, with Halloween upon us and Halloween costumes, of course, being all of the rage, it's an interesting story in the mail this morning where you can actually buy a Nazi uniform to wear. Um, firstly, it's in very bad taste. But secondly, um, it has absolutely nothing to do with Halloween, a costume like that. I mean, yes, uh, it certainly was an horrific thing, uh, and that's a uniform. And in that regard, I suppose it could be deemed as being scary or frightening. 
but in the ultimate bad taste. You can buy them online at partyworld.ie and jokeshop.ie and thecostumeshop.ie. And if they're still, still selling them and have selling them, firstly, you've got to wonder who'd buy them. And secondly, you would think it's still not too late to stop selling them. And the papers also this morning talk of uh, Dublin, which has been named, I know, what can you do about it? Dublin's been named as the seventh best city in the world by Lonely Planet. Um, we need to work on that. We need to work on that. It's not the number one, but it's nice to have an Irish city in there nonetheless, even though it's not us. But apparently Lonely Planet say the top city in the world to visit, Auckland, New Zealand, followed by Taipei in Taiwan, Freiburg in Germany, Atlanta in the USA, awful hot there, awful hot, Lagos in Nigeria, Nicosia in Cyprus, Dublin uh, comes in at seventh, and then on you go to the likes of Florence and places like that in Italy. But at least we got an Irish one in there. Shame it's not us. The Neil Prenderville Show. It's open 1-850-104-106. You can text 0868-104-106. It's a free food Friday, so I would encourage you for some Halloween parting with pizza. Uh, to text 0868104106. Let us know who you are and where you are, whether you're working at home, whether you're working in the workplace or back at work. We want to know. So text who you are and where you are to 0868104106. And for you and whomever you choose to share with, you'll feed up to 15 people with uh, six of our very large oak fire pizzas with garlic bread, potatoes, drinks, dips and desserts. It's a fabulous prize. And remember, if you're buying pizza across the weekend... Oakfire Pizza at Clonakilty, Bandon, Princess Street, Gillaby Street and Douglas Village. Order online at oakfirepizza.ie. So text who you are and where you are to 0868104106. You could have a Halloween pizza party and why not? And God knows there are many spooky stories and legends associated with Cork. And with Halloween fast approaching, Seamus Whelan took to the streets of Cork to ask people whether or not they believe in ghosts. I absolutely believe in ghosts 100% I'm not joking I do too I've never had like a ghostly experience a serious one but I do definitely my friend Lissy her you can hear upstairs there's like the old man that used to live there he still walks around upstairs but like it's not like he's speaking to you know what I mean you can just hear him kind of walk around up in the attic is it? no just upstairs in his old room and the house got an extension onto it and he never goes into the new part of the house it's always just the old part of the house that he walks around and that doesn't freak her out no because he's a nice man he's actually my great uncle (laughs) so I'm not scared of him God bless I used to live in a house that had ghostly activity and the weirdest thing was one time uh, we had left home came back there was a broken glass all over the house and a very sticky, very smelly green substance. It was it was almost like corn syrup. It was horrible. And did you stay there long? I lived there for many years. And it never freaked you out or anything? No, I kind of got used to it. Um, after my parents left, I told the, the whatever apparition or whatever, I didn't want to deal with it anymore. I was pretty firm about it, and it, it didn't bother me anymore after I did that. I know it's kind of strange, but it, it worked. So you definitely believe... Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, I don't know what it is. Maybe something we don't understand. Maybe ghosts, maybe something else. I don't know, but there's something out there. Uh, I believe in ghosts, but I haven't had the, like, the experiences that he has. More like a, just like a aura or a premonition or something like that. Spooky feeling of being watched or like another presence around me. And that's what I have felt, but I haven't actually seen a ghost. Do we believe in ghosts? Yes, <laughs> We do. <laughs> They're all around us. We are ghosts, right? Have you ever seen them? 
I did actually when I was younger, man. Yeah, but sail. I think when people are younger and they see ghosts, I think it's just sleep paralysis, man. Yeah, no, I've seen him in Kinsale, man. I've seen some Spanish. Kinsale's a haunted town, man. Yeah, we've got a lot of history there, you know. The white lady of Kinsale, like, you yeah, know? I've seen her. Um, spooky times, man. But yeah, I think it's the, I think the pandemic's a good year for the ghosts, you know. Well, they can, they, they, they can walk free, is it? While we're all indoors. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> no ghost needs a vaccine, man. No, no, like, who do you think's been in the pubs all year, boy? Ghosts. <laughs> well, I'd say there'd be a lot of spirits there in a way. Aye, aye, aye. Yep, yep. <laughs> the top of the on the Ouija board. He was looking for money back off a fella, so he tried to get him up on the Ouija board. Genuine fact. And did it respond to you? Yeah. He told yeah. him where the money was. Yeah. Did you get the money back? I got the money back, yeah. Dug it up. No, dug it up. Well, uh, I was on the Ouija board. And do you know where I was? Buried with his friend. But I went on the Ouija board a couple of times, and then I always got spelled on today, the board. That couldn't have been uh, anybody they, else moving they, the board, no? No, no, because when he threw him on it, and I put it, you know, say, that's, say that's the board, the thing I use it, the finger has to be that much up off it, yeah? Yeah. Because so I'm not Yeah, yeah, it's... It, 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 is the, the connection from the spirit and you that moves it so the oak would be up like that lot yeah. so when they made it and the two boys that was on it didn't know they couldn't have planned to go to these walls and these walls because I've just done the spawn in the morning and then they said then they said to my mate you bad man you left me to die in the river I wouldn't do it again because you, cause you could get a bad spirit and then if you want to be doing it with people that's not going to be messing because if they say if the spirit gets out of the glass that he's wronged, he's, he's in the room then. Ah, there be spooky stories out there, like, it's ghosts are real. But so how do you know you've never seen one or...? Ah, <laughs> uh, just we have to take people's word, they can't all be lying. What sort of stories do you be hearing? Ah, uh, just stuff moving in the houses and all that. stuff, poltergeists and Ouija boards and seances and ghosts. This is the weekend when the spirits walk amongst us. They ain't needing any COVID passes. This is their a free weekend to walk amongst us and your ghost stories are welcome text 0868104106 pick up the phone on 1850104106 call the Neil Prenderville show now 1850104106 red fm I'll jump into your scare in and out of your scary stories across the morning and Brendan some friends actually headed down to Kalekill Castle near Bantry on Wednesday night for um a bit of ghost hunt- hunting and a séance and that should be interesting when we chat with her and the good people from Ghost Era a little later on this morning. Um, also, you got to wonder as to what's the best kind of spooky movie to watch over the weekend or film. And for me, I think one of the scariest ones I ever saw had to be Bruce Willis in The Sixth Sense. You've probably seen it. If you haven't, I wish I was you to be seeing it for the very first time. And that actually makes you wonder as to whether kids are more susceptible, children are more susceptible to ghosts and spirits and sensations than the rest of us, maybe because they just uh, have a you know a cleaner slate than us and they're open for more things. But anyway, more on that. Keep those stories coming. Text 0868104106. Carla, good morning. Good morning, Neil. Are you How moved? Are you? I'm well, thanks. How are they all? In, are you still in Watergrass Hill? Are you still in the house? 
No, thank God. That was years ago. I left there probably in 2011. You moved in in 2009, moved out two years later. Tell me about your experience in this house in Watergrass Hill. Well, since the beginning, you know, like we arrived the first day I was moving moving boxes. I had my two-year-old with me, which didn't speak yet. And I remember... He went, because the house is huge, he went into the shed, and he came out, like, out of breath, and he could just couldn't tell me what he saw, but, okay, well, you know, that was the first time, but eventually, it started happening many times. You know, suddenly, the kettle will turn on. The kettle? Yeah, like, no reason. And it would be me, the, the baby, and, and, and the dog. Then sometimes... Dangerous it, thing if the on. kettle turned itself on with no water in it, for instance. But anyway... You know. Yeah, and then, uh, you know, the shower, the electric shower will turn on upstairs. The dog will be barking for no reason. Like, and then my, my son keeps saying that he, he used to see a boy around the house. <laughs> for God's sake. So, that freaked me out all the time, you know, because he said, he's there, mom. And I was like, he described it to me and everything. And I was just freaking out. But Hang on a second. When you say your little boy would describe this other boy, how would he describe him? He used to say that he was like eight-year-old because he said, like, look, he's like this side, he has curly hair, blonde, and he has a striped top. And he always wears the same clothes and he never smiles. And I was like, what? <laughs> so I was like, okay. Incredible. But then every time a child came to visit, you know, for a play day or my niece, they used to tell me they, they see that. They, they used to see this boy. And I was like, wow, that was freaking me out the was it do- the was- other kids would see the go- the boy? Yeah. Right. Yeah. Okay. Just young kids. Yeah. Okay. And we used to have like a uh, pool table, and in the middle of three o'clock in the morning, you could see the balls like crashing, like if someone was playing with them. And, ah, you're uh, winding me up. You'd see the pool balls good. moving around the table. Like the balls, like you could see that someone was like playing with the balls, you know, they, off the pool table. And sometimes the the music will just turn it on at three, four o'clock in the morning like itself. And I was like, I'm blasting. I mean, like, no reason. So yeah, I was not the only one witness, you know, a few people like my brother-in-law, <laughs> few people witnessed these things, you know. So, but the worst time was when I was in my own. And I start cooking, I put my music, I was dancing and all happy. And suddenly I start like hitting the doors, slamming upstairs and the windows. I was freaking out because at the beginning I thought, oh, it's the wind. It's the wind as if there was a window open and the wind was catching the doors. Come on. So I was like, yeah, just not bother, you know, whatever. But then when I heard of... Like little feet running upstairs, I just could not stay in the house. I ran, but I was in the middle of nowhere, no houses around, so I just stay at the at the front yard and just without my eyes closed, praying until my husband came back. It was just the it worst. wasn't your son running around upstairs, no? No, I was in my own, in my own. And you definitely so think, heard little feet running around upstairs. Exactly, it was like little feet. It was not like an adult feet. It was little feet, like kids running upstairs and that freaked me out because I knew I was in my own. Oh so my God. I never experienced something in my life and I just ran and I started praying with my eyes closed until my husband came back. Of course, he didn't believe me or didn't want, or just wanted to just kind of calm me down but I was like, no, I need to leave this house and maybe 
And eventually we left. So I was so happy. I never experienced any paranormal activity or anything like that. Paranormal activity on a grand scale. I mean, you'd say that you might have dodgy wiring or bad electrical (laughs) equipment, you know, with regards to some of it. But certainly not with the doors slamming or, you know, your your son seeing, you know, a little little boy or, you know, people moving pool balls on a pool table with nobody there. That's kind of scary. Yeah, so now you always be like, I was not the only one. Like, many people witnessed that. No, I'm no, not oh just God. the only one. And was, it an, was it an old house? Well, I say it was like a building in the 60s, 70s, because the furniture and everything when we moved, um, it was really like... 70, 80, kind of. Amazing. You know, and, I, and I wonder on what was it? Was it near a graveyard or a cemetery or what was it built on? You don't know any of that? I don't know. I actually wanted to really, it was so bad for two years all these things that I wanted to find out with the landlord what was going on there, if he knew anything, but I never, you know. Did never. a child die in the house and that's exactly. the little boy who's moving around as a spirit maybe? Exactly, I never find out anything. And because it's in the middle of nowhere in Watergrass Hill, I don't know. There's no neighbor really around. I was very new to the area. Wow. So, wow. So I, I wonder, don't know. I wonder if somebody still living in this ho- that house still experiencing what you experienced. Exactly. I don't know. I know that it's old now, like by, by probably another person a few years ago, but like that's all I know. But. Yes, I'm, it was not a pleasant time for yeah, me to be absolutely. honest. Yeah, absolutely. It's amazing the amount of different things happen to you. Thanks for sharing that. That's spooky. That's bizarre. <laughs> Thank you very much, guys. Right, cheers. Have a good day. Wow. Bye. I often wonder whether I'd like to experience something like that. You know, actually go through an experience like that. I suppose it's fine on the outside looking in. Might be very different if you were living with it. Anyway, keep those stories coming. Text 0868 Pick up the phone on one. 850-104-106. I've been having a lot of sport actually um, uh, earlier in the week when I was saying that, you know, I saw 1964 Massey Ferguson pulling a huge load of turf and I was wondering what would be Cork's oldest tractor. Now, for some reason, I'm getting a lot of uh, communication from from farmers on my Instagram page, which is fantastic. And I came across a, a 1968 there the other day in, in Rochestown. But on top of that, then, uh, I came across another one that came into me on Instagram last night from Michael Collins down west. And he's got a 1917 Fordson, which was built in Cork. It's roadworthy and it's used all of the time. So that would be Fordson before they shortened it to Fords when they were making and assembling uh, tractors here in Cork in 1917. So I think maybe it's fair to say 1917 is the tractor that needs to be beaten. Although Donny goes some way close to it. He's got a 74-year-old tractor, Donny. Yeah, good morning, Neil. Fair How play. Are you? are you a farmer? I am, yeah, a farmer all my life. Okay, so this is another Massey Ferguson. Are they the best it's tractors, would you think? This is a Massey Ferguson 20. Well, uh, no, no, they're the very good tractors. I am very pleased with the one I have in here. And do you, like, you clearly, you're not even as old as the tractor, so where no, did it I'm come from? No, she's six, she's six years older than me, and I'm drawing the pension. <laughs> where, where did it come from? It came from Drumilee, from Fitzgerald's garage in Drumilee. I bought it 25 years ago for 800 euros. <laughs> 
So it's a 24C1947 reg, is it? Yeah, that's correct, yeah. I got a bit of work done to it. I got the engine done up there about 10 years ago and I had to put a roll bar on it for to take it on the road. You know, I got a folding roll bar made for it. And what do you use it for? I use it for I use it for taking post and wire and feeding the sheep because the the, the ground that I have is boggy ground and there's mountainy and there's boggy areas in it. So it and takes it, you uphill, down dale, yeah, through the muck and the yeah. bog. Yeah, you could go into a dike with it and you could come out the other side. <laughs> I had a four a four four thousand and you wouldn't go wouldn't go twenty yards when you'd go to the axle in the bog and you'd be all day trying to dig it out. But not with this Massey Ferguson, no, no? Not with this one, no, no, no. <laughs> this is very precious to me because you can go everywhere with it. Do you, do, does she have a name? No, I didn't. I never christened it. <laughs> Maybe that might come yet too. I thought you were but, supposed to, but she's the lo- is she your only love of your life or is there another woman in your life? Oh, God, there is much there. <laughs> I think she's first, but sometimes there'd be a dispute over who's first. <laughs> Do you take her on the road? Are you one of these chaps oh, that would take the tractor oh, on the main road? Oh, I do, yeah. It's just taxed and insured in the whole lot. <laughs> what, I, kind of I, speed, what kind of speed would you do? Well, I suppose it should do maybe around 15 or 20 <laughs> miles an hour, maybe. And you know when you're on the, on the country roads, are you ever conscious that you're holding up all the traffic behind you at 15 kilometres an hour? You'd be very wary. Would you'd be very wary of that because you could look in the little mirror and you'd see anything coming up and you'd pull in and you'd let the traffic go. Are you one of the fellas that would pull in and let people pass? Not all tractors do that, you know. Oh, I, I understand that myself because you'd meet them there and you'd always wonder how how's it they wouldn't do it. Yeah, the, six, the 1964 Massey Ferguson. Now that I was stuck behind him, there was twenty or thirty of us stuck behind him in the '64 Massey Ferguson, and he pulling a big trailer of of turf. Oh, yes. Maybe he didn't know we were behind him. What do you think? Oh, yes. Well, he should have his little mirror and he'd be able to see back. <laughs> I, oh, what man. I was doing there with my now last year, I'd go, I have a builder's trailer and I'd put two silage bales into it and I'd bring them, bring them to the sheep for to feed them. You know, they're about three, the, the bales would be three or four miles away from me. Oh, my God. And is it capable? Do you think it's liable to just keep going? Oh, God, it is. Yeah, yeah. Not a bother, like, 1947 no, is still yeah, going strong. Yeah, no, it is. Well, it's to be put into the shed and it's covered like a baby and mats and everything put over and a carpet and everything to prepare the frost to get at it. <laughs> <laughs> you really do. You really yeah. do treat it with TLC, don't you? <laughs> oh, I do, yeah. That's my pride and joy. You're not, are you anywhere near it now, no? No, I'm not. I'm out cycling this morning. I'm cycling. I'm cycling. I'm just here on the side of the road. No, I'm just stopped here on the road. But listen, it's great to chat with you. I'll let you you get back to work in your 47 Ferguson. (laughs) Okay. Thanks very much, Neil. Have a nice day. You too. Cheers, Tony. All the best. Take care. Bye-bye. Great story. The crazy things that we come up with, the 47. There's another one out there. It's a 1917 Fordson. I'd like to track that one down. The Neil Prenderville Show on Twitter at NeilRedFM. And you can also email neil at redfm.ie, which is what Jim did. Lambs to the slaughter, he describes it. Here we go. Just in case you think a few pints a dance and if you're lucky, a shift down at the nightclub means normality. Was back. Think again. 67 dead last week from COVID and it hardly makes the news. We will have the highest infection rate by next week in Europe. We need information now. We need to know how many of the people that have died have received the jab. We can't blame people that have not taken the jab anymore. 
Dr. Houlihan has agreed the injection has not worked as well as he thought it would. Well, the vaccine hasn't worked. I don't think anybody would would disagree with the vaccine hasn't delivered what we had expected it to deliver if people who are vaccinated are very sick in hospital. Maybe it's time for all of them just to go, including Donnelly, uh, for what they've done and what they have spent, plus all of the claims against the state that will surely come between them. They've destroyed the country. Thank you for that email. I'll come back to more emails and texts across the morning. But we're talking about horror stories to some extent this morning. Um, and I'm not necessarily just talking about Halloween. Here's a house of horrors like no other, uh, where the um, tenant, Neve has been up till half past four this morning. Let us find out what she was doing till half four this morning. Neve, good morning. Good morning, Neve. How are you? You sound exhausted. What were you doing? What wasn't I doing? Um... Clearing rats out of traps in my house at four o'clock this morning. Clearing rats out of traps. Yeah, and that's why. Make the picture perfect sense to you, Neil. And um, you, I knew you know I've spoken to you before. I suffer from FND. Functional neurological disorder. Yeah, 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 yeah. And I have a four and a half year old here, and this began close to five months ago, where I have had an infestation of rats running around my house. Um, they've been running around my cookers, running around my daughter's feet, my feet. Um, I've actually had one run up my arm and go for my neck. Where were you when and it ran up your arm? Were you sitting down somewhere? I was, I was. I actually had a friend over and she kind of looked in, up to the side of her eyes and I thought I saw something running across your floor and my heart dropped because at that, t- at that time I thought I had got rid of them. And um, I kind of got her as scared and all as she was um, to stand on top of the stairway to stop anything from going into my daughter's room. And I went to put my hand in the laundry basket to pull it away from the wall thinking it was behind, but it was actually in the laundry basket. Oh, nesting in the laundry basket. Oh, my God. It was in a summer's night and I'm telling you, it was big and it ran the whole length of my arm and I just whopped it from about my shoulder blade off before it did any damage. And from there on then, I had to move out of my home. The damage that they have done to our lives mentally I have a four and a half year old daughter that won't even sleep in her own bed. I'm not getting sleep. I'm up every night checking rat traps. I could, you could drop a feather in my bed, and I would wake up with the thoughts of, are they on our bed? Are they climbing? Can no, you hear? Can you hear the patter of the rats and the scratching? Yeah, yeah. yeah patter. You want to see? You've seen the pictures, Neil. What they've done? So to the my rat kitchen. I see. So the rat I have here in front of me in a photograph is that one that it's dead rat. It come out of a trap, did it? It's on a chair. That's the one that was caught last night. The one on the floors are the ones that actually came into the house, and that's only a few of many. My God. There's a picture of the one where they dug a hole through my kitchen wall. I was going to ask you about that. Yeah, they actually went through, clearly went through all of the plaster and a lot of the brickwork. Yeah. I mean, did rats do that? Yeah. My small one came down, and my daughter turned around to me. She said, oh, mommy, it's after being snowing in my kitchen. Girl, you have an infestation. You have an infestation. Yeah, um, my landlord has got pest control out. The amount of money he's after spending, we've had to stay in hotels, stay in my mom's, we've had to stay weeks in friends' house. All I'm asking for, because I am at my wit's end here with the four and a half year old, is I just need help. And I tell me this now, out. Tell me. we'll come back to the help in a moment, but tell me this, have you neighbours left and right of you? Yeah, not on... Um, not one down, but one up, yes. Okay, but anyway, point being, do any of your neighbours have a similar problem? No. 
and I have no rubbish out the back. I'm sure they do, but they just don't take notice. They've better built houses. My house is older. It's easier to get in. So there's no fly tipping near you or anything like that? No. There's no open, happened, there's no open I'm sewage? Deal, I'm in contact with Ted Tynan every day. And there was a building knocked four months ago. Um, I can't go into much of it. Well, no, but was it um, derelict? It was that, I don't know. Um, but you think that disturbed them? Tynan, the day that they knocked that, they disturbed thousands yeah, yeah. and thousands of rats that ran up. I'm sure you heard about the rat that went into Jumbo. Or one of the Chinese On Shandon Street? Was all, I do know yeah, it. Yeah, that's, that's exactly what I'm talking about. So the demolition of a house disturbed, you think, thousands of them, not hundreds or dozens. You can can get Ted Tynan on the phone. He'll tell you all about it. He told me yesterday. He's telling me every day. I'm on the phone crying to him. He's well aware all about this. In fact, he's the only one that's listening to me at the moment, you know, consoling me. Has anybody put down poison nuggets that they that they take See, back to the nest. I have a dog and a cat on premises, so I have to be very careful. I've had pest control up here. What do they do? I've had pest control lay the outside traps. There's been nothing, but at that time they were all inside the house, actually rummaging around through my walls. And my landlord came out and pulled everything out with the hurley, tried to actually get a live one. Right? Why? And he was like, you're going to have to leave the house until it's caught. We just had to lace down a load of traps and we actually ended up catching that furry rat that ran up my arm. And you have to empty the traps then in the morning kind of thing? Yeah, well, there's, it's just me and my daughter, so I, I've i just come prone to it. I've just desensitised. How do you do it? Do you put on gloves? Do you use a plastic bag? Gloves, get a bag, put it in the bin. They're always dead, I suppose, aren't they? They're always dead in the trap. They're always dead, yeah? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I leave them there for a while, but it's not a conversation for a young woman to be having. But my main fear is what the effect of it has done. You know, I mean, I can't even sit in my own sitting room and watch telly anymore. If you were to do that, the chances are there'd be one running around the front room. Yeah. I mean, there's been times where I've had to eat my dinner in my mum's, my friend's house. I've had to go upstairs to my bedroom with my daughter and eat upstairs tell her stay in my room. She won't even sleep in her own bed. How does she, she feel said, about it? Is she petrified by it? She's, she's like, terrified. Terrified. I said, can you not go back into your bed, sweetheart? No, she said. I'm, I'm really scared of the rats, mummy. And every morning, do we catch another rat, mummy? A four and a half years old. It's ridiculous. Like. And was everything fine like six months ago? No bothers like this? Yeah, everything was fine. We got a good bit of news that we might be on the move out of here. I did a, a good bit of time in my time with my housing and Everything was looking up. and Is, is that know, still on the cards? Um, oh, it's still on the cards, but it's just a waiting game. So you're, you desperate, to mean, get, you're desperate to get I mean, out. I have to get out. I have to get out because what will happen is either me and my daughter will get bit by a rat. I mean, I'm not making this up. You've seen the pictures. I have them You've in front of me. The yeah, I'm flicking them here. Yeah. I mean, when, when you were asleep in your bed, I happened one this morning. I was out the back thinking of ways how I'm going to get this size of a one out of the trap. And when I've that done then, I stand back, put it into the bin, and then I'm going out with boiling water trying to wash down, you know, and I'm coming in then. Up until three o'clock this morning, I didn't touch the stairs until I'd everything disinfected. And it's kind of pointless, isn't it? Because you're just repeating the process all of the time. I mean, I'd get all my, 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 like for anybody that has plastic vents outside that's in around the Blackpool area, anywhere, get rid of them, get the steel vents because I can see firsthand off and you've seen what they've done. That wall that you see there, that's my cooker. 
Did they, they eat through that? Through the whole wall. So the they ate through the concrete, then they ate yeah. through the, the, inside in the concrete then there is the foam insulation. They ate yeah. through that quite easily. That. And then they ate through the plaster. And then they came through another one here, which is the actual wood, the wooden floor, they ate up through it. Yeah. God. And, and with your, with your disorder, of course, you have problems with weakness and paralysis and seizures. It's difficult to walk for you the best time. You get spasms, don't you? Yeah. Everything. And the, the poor old landlord, I mean, doesn't have to live in it, but is doing the best that he or she can. But what did, what did he's they... He's a fantastic landlord. What, is, what, is he, what does he think he's going to have to do? Well, he's after getting pest control out. The guy came out, set the traps. But the problem was outside. He was inside at that time. We were just, you know, they seemed to be very dormant during the day. It's very unlikely that you'd kind of come out. Only that, you know, the summer months, my daughter might be running in and out of the yard and... Um, I was there one day washing and I, I had thought I had thought it was my dog that went over my foot only when I looked down. It was a huge rash and it was the tail that had run over my feet. I mean I just you see, I think traps I think traps are pointless here, you know, I really do. I think you just there's an infestation around Blackpool. Because really? of this one derelict building that was knocked four months ago and I can't say too much about it, Neil, and the stress that that's after causing me. Well, if there is now, an infestation around Blackpool, I'd like to hear from other people. And also, I'd love to hear from, a, I'm quite sure there would be some professional okay. who might have some advice or intervention on your behalf, and I'd welcome that. Yeah. Um, but like, cause we all know the damage they can do. I've had many calls about rats on the air down through the years. Yeah. Um, but you're begging for help at this stage, right? Oh yeah, I was. I went to the city hall now yesterday, and they have been absolutely fantastic. I mean, I spoke to a lovely guy yesterday, and I was just so tired that I broke down crying. Um, you know, and he spoke me through it. And you're not sleeping. You're not. You're on edge I'm all of the sleeping. time. I'm wrecked. I'm, Your daughter's you know, probably I'm not sleeping. Yeah, she's probably. My like, mom, like people can't understand why I'm in bad form, but I'm saying she'll come down here for a night. You know, I mean, it's Halloween. Come down here and see the horrors that I'm living in. Do you hear the Do you hear the trap snapping? Yeah, from my bedroom. Oh my god, that would freak me out big time. Yeah. Oh my god. And it takes. It's not when you're doing it. I don't even have adrenaline running through my body anymore, which scares me. It's when I go to bed and I'm lying there, I start shaking and I feel I want to throw up. And I do this all late at night so that my daughter doesn't get up and she doesn't see it. Unbelievable. I do this to save her that bit of damage, you know. Um, I mean, I, I, I just, it's psychologically absolutely crazy what it's doing to us here. I mean, I just, uh, I just don't know what to do. So what, what would you love to see happen just to get out, I guess? I suppose the first thing is just the rats to start coming, stop coming. And secondly, to get a good night's sleep. That's okay. all I want right. is a good night's sleep. I don't even know if I had that. Would, you know, as I said, a feather dropping. I've, you know, my daughters have night terrors, terrors over. I'm jumping out of bed. What I would love to see happening is getting my new home. Starting fresh and seeing my daughter safe. It'd be great to get you out for a weekend. It'd be great to get you out for a weekend into a hotel or something where you could just sleep. Ideally, yeah. you out of the house for a weekend where you could sleep and somebody to go in and fumigate the place. You know what? No, Neil. I, it, I, I don't even want that. I just want my my forever home. I just want out of here. Misfortune. I just want my forever home where I can. You know. I mean, I sat in the sitting room the other night, and the sitting room that I have isn't very, isn't very big. And I've done 
a couple of, of I've done nine years here now and I've always put up a farm in, in relation to mice. Mice I get over. I'm even petrif- petrified of spiders, rats. Spiders are, spiders are harmless. I think we, like, leave spiders alone. Let them do their own thing. They're grand. It's Ween's disease. I mean, Ween's disease is a problem, yeah. The dog pee or the rat pee. Everything downstairs that belonged to my daughter, I had to dump and throw it. Okay, let's see. I don't have rubbish out my back. I don't, you know, I don't have anything that would cause this for rats to come into my home. Okay, well, hang, hang in there. Let's see who's listening that might be in a position to step up and help in some way to perform professionally. I mean, somebody is suggesting ferrets. Did you ever hear of that? Ferrets. Jesus, I, I can't. I couldn't, Neil. I couldn't. He says, he says um, does she know anyone who has a ferret or a few ferrets? If you got one of them, I'd tell you there wouldn't be in the rat, a rat in the house ever again. I don't think I could look at a ferret now after what I'm watching. I'd say after watching rats, you could look at anything. But listen, let's see. Oh, that's true. Let's see who might be listening that might be able to intervene, right? And take and also, if there are other people suffering similarly in your area, I'd like to hear from them as well. All right. Okay, I just want to say something, Lee, before you go. Yeah. I just want to thank Ted Tynan so much good guy. Yeah, for helping good guy. me and the support. He's on the phone every day battling my case, you know, and this area that I'm supposed to be going to is, you know, there's seven dormant bungalows out in the area that I was told I was getting and they're empty out there. You didn't hear about the 15, you didn't hear about the 15 homes in Madden's buildings that are empty, did you? I did. Yeah, that breaks your heart. I did, that's what, what, um told me and I mean I'm pleading with them just to hand over a key and let me and my daughter start fresh that's all all I'm pleading they've been so kind to do everything else for me and I understand they're under mass pressure and you know I'm one of many one of many I get that but I'm just asking if they are listening in this morning could they kindly look into my file and just reach in and pull us out Ah, that's all I'm asking pull you out of it and pull you out of it fast All right, let's see who comes back to me on this from the point of view who might be listening but I'll be back to you later in the morning anyway if we have an update on it thank you very much All right, Neil Miss Fortune take care of yourself text 0868104106 yesterday after we got off air we contacted by email both Cork City Council and Cork County Council with regards to vacant houses on Lisa and we asked uh, two or three specific questions of both firstly how many houses do we have um, owned and looked after and operated by Cork City Council and Cork County Council how many of them are empty right in Cork City Council and Cork County Council how long does it take to turn them around because we heard of houses yesterday that are 17 one of them 17 years vacant another one 15 years vacant I'm sure they're the exceptions I hope to God they are and fourthly how many people are on a housing list waiting for housing in Cork City and Cork County Council so those four specific questions were asked now we will get a response sent it yesterday at lunchtime but no response yet back after the break talk to Neil Printerville now 1851 Red FM Talking on air yesterday morning to Liam who at the start of May next year will be 70 and two or three weeks after his 70th birthday he will be homeless a um, lot of texts on that that poor man he sounds like a lovely lovely character God love him I hope he finds somewhere to live soon another one listening also to that woman Evelyn on the air yesterday who was talking about the Blackpool area and, and uh, vacant houses I know a person who got a lovely one bed small house in Ballincollig she has that it would be ideal 
it's the council that got it for that person. She should get on to them, says Marie from Clon. Yeah, I think we may have sorted, Liam. I hope so anyway. There was something being offered in, in Middleton, Middleton yesterday. This is another example of Ireland 2021. A woman on the radio who's living in social housing, giving out and commenting that there are houses laying idle near her and given out there so many men all who are getting free houses, God Almighty. Uh, I think that there is some kind of a policy, though, in the Madden's Buildings area that a lot of the homes there are given uh, to single men. I think she was just remarking on that. Not, a, not in a critical way, however. If a house isn't turned over in six weeks, a head will roll in England, says Frank. Six weeks, my God. There's no excuse for it. Ten empty homes, oh my God, it's outrageous. Somebody else says the number of vacant houses in Mayfield in that general area is unreal. It's been that way for years and years. Shiona says, outrageous listening to complete faffing. Uh, people are bidding against the council in a lot of cases. Loads of houses are left empty in and around the city and county without legal issues attached to them. It's total incompetence for the county council to say it involves legal issues. Um, Shiona saying that that's a cop-out. Absolutely don't give up my name or number and I wouldn't want to come on the show, but it has bothered me for years and I've always wanted to contact you. I worked as a contractor for years doing social housing. If the real truth of inefficiency and waste of taxpayers' money was revealed, believe me, there would be riots. Here's an example. A three-bedroom house in the city, completely renovated and upgraded, but in a bad area. So when it was finished, the windows were removed and metal shutters were put up. It sat too long without being handed out and deteriorated again. So we all got paid to go in and do it all again. As we were leaving that time, windows were removed again and shutters went back up. It will now need a third renovation because it was just left sit there all paid for with our taxes because the house was not handed out quickly. Another example, a new build estate we worked on and there are two houses allocated for social housing. Fabulous, fabulous houses. Best of energy efficiency, best kitchens you can imagine. They have finished nearly two years and are still sitting empty. Waste of taxpayers' money and inefficiency. It is just mind-boggling. And I worked in the industry. Thank you for that. Um, it's fairly infuriating listening to the councillor on air from yesterday. He doesn't have a clue what's going on around him with the amount of empty houses. Be more in his line to start doing what he's paid for rather than trying to start up another festival on Leeside. Um, there's a vacant house in Madden's Buildings, empty with four years. It belonged to a friend of mine's grandmother. Uh, and then other ones. I do know of a property in Glanmire, council property, vacant for years. Council did some work a year ago, if not longer. And after they finished the work, they locked it up and then they just left it idle. We'll pick it up after 10. I'm Lana O'Connor. Red FM News is first for local, national and international news. And you can stay up to date by tuning into our hourly news bulletins or by clicking on redfm.ie. Get it off your chest. Text the Neil Brinderville Show now. 086-8104-106. Red FM. Extra busy on Fridays because we have free food Friday as well, courtesy of ourselves and Oak Fire Pizza. So this will feed 15 of you. There'll be the six big, largest, the biggest pizzas you can get from Oak Fire Pizza with garlic bread and potatoes and drinks and dips and beautiful desserts. Lots of desserts for 15 people. So some shout-outs. Here we go. Broderick's Chemist on Barrack Street. Everybody in Hennessy Hair and Beauty on Pembroke Street. A lovely story here for my son's 14th birthday 
partnering in Fun, Ma- Fun Manway in Dunmanway this afternoon. They're going paintballing and they love pizza. Morning to Diana. Uh, Audrey O'Donovan's working from home, also minding children uh, while I work at the office. She has five kids under 11 and wouldn't complain once. She certainly wouldn't complain if she got pizza. Perfume shop in Mahan Point gearing up for a busy few weeks. Uh, I would love some pizza. The dispatch staff at Roadstown and Balancholic to uh, everybody working for Amazon, particularly Sinead, who's having a Halloween pizza party. If she wins, nurses on call on Patrick Street, et, uh, expert attic conversions in Yall. Everybody at uh, Dairy Gold, the AP department, working remotely since March last year. They would demolish pizza. Art Fallon, late night pharmacy. Morning to everybody there. Bridgewater Homes in Blackrock are listening. Henderson Motor Services are on board. Fleming's Pharmacy on the Douglas Road would love pizza and would share it with their neighbouring business, Tesco Express, next door to us. Uh, Blockwall Developments in Ballinglana are listening. TK Maxx in Douglas. Who else have I got for you? Um, my husband, Kevin, and all of his workmates in the workshop in Kiri's BMW in Little Island. And one or two more, all at Blackwater Childcare in Fromoy, to the gang at Bon Secours Warehouse in Toker. Uh, AP Vaughan Recycling in Tower. Pat Dalton's Pharmacy and Staff in North Main Street are listening. DMB Electrical Maintenance on the Toker Road and North side tyres on the old Mallow Road. So, text who you are and where you are to 86 We'll do some more shout-outs in about, uh, in about 30 minutes' time. But, back to the phone lines we go as we head into the Halloween weekend. Anita standing by. First up, Don, good morning. Morning, how's it going? I think your story might be along the lines of an actual possession, that you were possessed. Would you agree? Well, so look, I, I don't really know. Uh, you know, I was a child back in a time over there, but I still remember that incident like it was yesterday. Okay, like so it, it, it this, is, this is back in Lithuania when you were 11 years old. What happened? Yeah, so we were going with the mates. It was the uh, middle of July. It was the middle of summer. And we're going with the mates, going back. I don't know, we were playing football or whatever. And we were passing this old abandoned house, and I really needed to go to number one. You know, so I just ran in into you know next to that house to to do the thing, and uh, while I was doing the thing, I kind of noticed maybe two meters to my right there was a, a, a like a shadow or a figure or kind of a silhouette next to me, and they, of course, as a child, I freaked out, and then I was keep doing what I was doing, and then I I don't know why that I said hi, you know, and as soon as I said hi, I kind of. I kind of saw it with the corner of my eye and it, that figure turned to me and as soon as it turned I turned back and it was gone and was it the, was it the shape of an adult or a child or was it the shape of a human I, 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 I kind of describe you exactly but it was it was a human though it's kind of like a human but it was dark it's kind of was a, you know like a, like a shadow from the trees and the sun was going down so it's always dark but I clearly saw it coming standing and I said hi and it turned to me did it float I, sorry did it float no I didn't I, I didn't see below you know as soon okay. as I said hi it turned and I and I and I ran ran home like hell you know <laughs> amazing that must have it must have been amazing I know very very scary but looking back at it what happened next then but that was just the beginning. That was just the start. You know, when I came back home, I told my mom. And my mom said, oh, who was that? Is there a human? Is there a stalker or something like that? She was, like, terrified. She didn't even listen to me that it could be, you know, something else than a human. And and she was, like, very frightened, you know. And then 
every full moon, every full moon in the month or whatever it is, the cycle of the moons, I was going on a trip. That's my used to mama, you call me. Just like every full moon after three o'clock at night, I was doing some, some things in the house. I have no recollection of it. I what did she remember. say you would be doing at three in the morning? Well, I remember standing in the kitchen with a gas stove on or standing in front of the fireplace in the house or turning on the light in the living room and just standing there, just standing and looking with my eyes open, but I don't remember anything. Would she find you, know? you your mother? Yeah, my mother was every... And even though she, when we speak right now, she said, well, I was on alert. I know it's a full moon. I was already up all night to see my son is doing his walks. She would know because if it was if it was okay, you say it was only on the night of a full moon. But say if it yeah. wasn't just a full moon, you were just sleepwalking. Wouldn't you be sleepwalking? What, that's what they call after I think after three months. I think it was in September. I'd say maybe October. She took me to the doctors to say what's going on. You know what I mean? And the doctor said it's like a lunar walk or sleepwalk or whatever it's got to do with the moon phase and. And you say, is there a cure for it? And the doctors were saying, ah, he's going to grow out of it. It's grand, you know. Wow. But it didn't stop. It didn't stop. And, and, and she got really frightened because when we have winters, we have winters. Like, it's negative 30 outside at night. Wow. And I used to start walking outside. And the weirdest thing, that that abandoned house was about 100 or maybe 200 meters away from where we lived. And I was looking at that direction my mom said I was looking to the west well basically that's where the house was standing in the middle of a winter negative 30 I'm outside my pajamas and walking towards it so she was catching me you know and you've no recollection of these except from what she's told you I, I, I have only recollection my my mother when she told me what are you doing like I, I, then I wake up basically but my mom said my eyes were open you know Jenny Mac, it's a, it's a scary, dangerous thing if you have a child downstairs turning on the gas, I can tell you. Exactly. And and, and I was picking the coal as well. We used to burn the house with the coal and, and just burn the holding it in the house from these things. And then she got really frightened because it's winter, you know, I could freeze to death and maybe she will fall asleep and will never find me. I will that's just fine. walk out that other house. You yeah. had your mother on red alert for a long time. All that's past yeah. then. You grew up past. You don't have any of those experiences it, now? It has Actually, she wanted to take me to the priest, what? but my grandma said no. And we used to have that tradition in the first week of April. That's coming from, uh, I'd say, pagan tradition. She, the old people used to dry herbs and shrubs in the attic. And in the first week of uh, April, I don't know what day, to be honest with you, they coming into the house, light up that shrug on the fire, and then put down the fire and go with the smoke in the house. Yeah, we, you know? uh, some people do that here. They use dried sage um, and they, they twist it into, you know, like a bunch of dried sage. They light it yeah. and they walk around and they, it's almost yeah. like fumigating the house. It's a cleansing. Yeah. Sage something, they use. Yeah, something like that. And after grandma walked, you know, in, in, in the April, around the whole house we have uh, uh, we used to have seven rooms over there I used to walk around the house we left the windows open it stopped wow isn't that amazing it, it, yeah everything stopped and after one week it stopped we hear the fire alarm you know when the fire brigade is coming it was a little it was a little town and 
dad abandoned house burned down to the ground. <laughs> what a great story. You're telling me the truth now. You're not making up a Halloween tale. No, no. I'm not making it up. It, I, I have it on my mind for like for like 25 years right now, this this story. And as we speak with my mom today, because I didn't make as I was a child, didn't make a lot of, you know, influence into it or whatever the details. But now she's telling me like, she's telling me all these things and it's it's... It's freaking me out, even though right now. That's amazing. At the end of the story, the big old haunted house yeah. just burns to the ground. And, and it, it burned it down. I don't know. It was uh, set up on fire or what happened because there was no electricity. These old houses that they used to people build, they used to have, you know, there's no wires in it. They just even have a, uh, outside bathrooms, if you may, you know. Great story. And it just burned down, burned down to the ground. Great story, Don. Thanks for sharing. Happy Halloween, pal. Not about it to you, Neil. Take care. Anita, good morning. Good morning, Neil. How are you? Years and years ago, um, yes. you and your daughter, who was two at the time, am I right? Yeah, she was nearly hitting the three. She's Almost three, three. years older than my youngest. And you were um, in a flat together, were you? We were in a flat, my husband and myself, and we had Tracy. And I was expecting Nigel at the time. And um, this evening, my husband said he'd put her up into the cot. And, you know, it was upstairs. There was two bedrooms upstairs. It was an old place. And when he came down, he looked sort of confused, a bit pale. And I said to him, are you all right? You know, like you would. And he, and he said, yeah. I said, what's wrong? He said, I bent to put her into the cot, he said. And I felt my jacket being pulled. And he said, I thought it was you had come up the stairs behind me. Oh my God. So I turned around, there was no one there. So I said, oh, maybe it got caught in your belt or something on your yeah, back pocket. Yeah, or, caught you know? in the side of the cot or yeah, something, yeah. But maybe it was, he, he experienced a tugging, though, maybe. That was different. Yeah, it was a tugging, and he's not superstitious or typically religious or anything like that, you know? So I said it probably got caught maybe in the, in the, in the belt or something when you bent over and felt the pool, you know? Yeah. I didn't, I didn't go upstairs at all. So that was okay, that passed. But... The daughter used to go to bed with two teddies, two medium-sized, and they'd come down with her in the morning and they'd go to bed with her. And she wouldn't settle without the two. One was a black and white panda and one was pink and white. So we had a big sitting room. It was it was only a flat. And there was a small little yard that you couldn't call it a garden or anything. And um, this evening when I went to put her to bed, I could only find a pink teddy. Not the black so one. Not the black and white one, right. the panda. So I was saying to him, did you see her teddy? And he was looking around. I said, she won't sell. I said, that awful. I said, the can't got up and walked. There was a small place. So I looked out in case, were we out in the yard? You know, if I was hanging up washing, did she have it in her hand? Maybe drop it. Searched everywhere for the teddy. Couldn't find it. So I put her up into the cot anyway, and she was teddy, teddy. And I said, look, we'll find them tomorrow. We can't find them. Look, here you are. I have this one. Do you know? Give another pink one. Next morning, it was weekend, I was up first, came down the stairs, and as you'd come down, you could see into the sitting room, you know, if the door was open. And as I got halfway down, here I saw the teddy, in the middle of the sitting room. And it certainly wasn't there the night before. We'd searched everywhere for it. And you don't have a dog or a cat or anything like that, no? No, no dog, no cat, just the husband, myself, and Tracy. So, was there other stuff moved at any time? So there was. So in Tracy's room, there was um, a strange kind of a recess, an alcove. It was about four feet up off the ground, and it was deep. 
And I used to put stuff in there that we weren't using, you know, because there wasn't much storage or anything in this class. And I had bought a set for a doll's house because the husband said he wanted to make her one. Okay, you know? so you got the tables, the chairs, the beds and all the of the things you put in. The chairs and all that, you know? Mm. And I'd put those in a box. Of course, I'd open them, looking at them, I was worse than myself, you know, looking at the tables. <laughs> that would be the same, yeah. Uh, you know, and I'd put them into a box, up in this recess. And one morning, whatever look I gave, Heather all, all over the floor of the recess. All the doll set pieces were spilled yeah. all over the floor. All strewn all over the... So I thought to myself, what was he rooting for in there? There's nothing in there we're using. And I picked them all up and put them back into the the box, do you know? So I said it to my even, I said, what were you looking for in the, in the recess? What, 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 what kind of... He said, what? So he said, I, I wasn't in there, I wasn't looking at anything in the re-. I said, look, I said, the, the toys are all over the floor. I said, they didn't jump out of the box themselves. Sounds as if you could have had the spirit of a child, uh, yeah, a part so, of child, and I was playing with, 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 playing yeah. with kids' toys. Yeah, do you know? So then, Trey, the, the daughter, she'd be in the car and she'd be laughing and talking. And I didn't take any notice of that because, you know, kids, you do the imagination and they could have maybe an imaginary friend or, you know? Yeah. She was the only child we had. So I'd hear her talking and laughing and I didn't take any notice of that, do you know? But, um, you think she was cha- she was actually talking to somebody? Yes, you know. And I just thought, you know, you'd have some children have an imaginary friend or be, you know, imagining. So I didn't take any notice of that. But more and more, her things were, were becoming missing, you know, and turning up. And we were starting to argue. You must have moved it. No, I know I left it there. You know, oh, yeah. wonder if you put. I wonder if you'd put in um, a little camera. Or something. What would you have discovered? Well, I mean, that now was that was forty six years ago. So we weren't thinking of cameras. No, there was no cameras then. Yeah, no, it wasn't even. No, yeah, and yeah. things like that. You know. Well, you can get you can get um, activated cameras now that are active, activated by movement and by sound and things. Um, yes, you can get all that now. But in those days, I mean, we didn't have telephones even in the house. Amazing, amazing. You know, so we weren't thinking of it. We wouldn't have known anything about cameras, you know, that would detect anything. Did it just pass no. then or did you move on? Oh, we, we moved. We got out of there. Did you, because of that, you moved? Yes, yeah. We were looking for, for somewhere, you know. So I, I was saying to my mother, I said, you know, I said, uh, odd things happening. I'm in the house and I don't really believe in ghosts, like, you know. Amazing, amazing. Kind of made me, you know, doubt. So my mother said to me, um, she said, you know what, she said, that's an old place, you want to get a priest, because, you know, mother was, was like that, I was sort of brought up in England and didn't have, was in a Protestant school, so didn't have any religion really as such, but mum grew up here and she was Catholic and grandmother's grandparents, you know. And did you have a cleanse? So she said to me, you want to get a priest, Master and bless it. So I went to the priest and I explained what was going on, you know? And he said, yes, he'd come and bless it. So I remember he needs a candle and he walked around and he'd, you know, praying in each room and all that. And that was that, you know? And um, he said to me, she said to me, that would work, Mum said, you know? Amazing. But he said to me, um, you know, I hope now, he said, that, you know, you you have great faith, that would work. And I thought, well, I haven't really, but, you know, it's what the, the parents and the grandparents would do, so we'll see. Did it stop? So I was expecting... Um, it did. I was expecting uh, my second child at the time. And I thought to myself, I'd better, you know, 
the daughter was the only one and I must break it to her now that we're having another baby, do you know? Not yeah. just arrive home at one. And I said to her one day, would you like another baby? Do you know? Oh, oh I remember there was some ad for, for nappies on the telly. And one day she said to me, oh, baby, baby upstairs, baby upstairs. And I, I didn't take any notice of that. It was an ad for, you know, Golden Babes or something at the time. And she was, and it showed the baby, baby upstairs. So I didn't take any notice of that at the time. So next thing I said to her, would you like, would you like another baby? Will we, will we get a baby? Do you know? Yeah. We've had a house list now and everything. And she said, yeah, yeah, baby upstairs gone home. Wow. Well, we've not run cold. Wow, amazing. Yeah. What yeah. can you say and about that? Yeah, that always stayed with me, you know? So I thought, I didn't feel... And another time that, you know, um, I was asked, did you see things moving? I didn't. But I was toilet training her and expecting the other child. And I wasn't feeling this well this day. So I thought, I'll see if she'll come into the bed with me for an hour. Because it was the middle of the day. Do you know, it wasn't her bedtime or nap time. Mm. I thought I have to lie down. So I went up into the double bed and brought her up. And next thing, um, when she'd use the potty, she'd get up. And I'd say to her, I'll stay there now. You know, if I was getting wipes or anything, stay there now. She'd get up. But when she'd have me coming back, she'd try and sit back down because I told her, no, stay now because mommy come back. And she'd knock it and spill it. Do you know? Mm. So this day I went up and I brought the pot up with me. Because also, she was just learning, kind of, and if she said, party, she had to go straight away. Mm. So I brought the pot up into the room, and next thing, sure enough, she wanted the party. And she sat on it. Now, my room was at the end of the landing. Her room, where she was, was at the top of the stairs, and the window would reflect on the opposite wall. So I went down to get the toilet paper, went down the stairs. As I was coming up the stairs, I saw a shadow on the wall in front of me, and I thought to be Tracy. And I thought, oh no, she's got, because I sit back down in the pot now and knocked the whole ass. And this time she, she's gone properly. So I shouted her name and the shadow vanished as if she ran. And I ran up the stairs, ran down, and she's sitting in the pot, she hadn't moved. But that could have been your morning. shadow, no? No, no, it was, it was a shadow, like I thought it was her. It was a, a, a small shadow, it wasn't a big shadow. Amazing. I'm going to upset, yeah, and I saw, and I saw the shadow move. When I shouted the name, it moved, and I thought it was her running back into the room. I thought, oh no, I went as fast as I could. She was sitting there looking up at me when I went, went into the room. She well, hadn't you, moved. Did that freak you out, those experiences? It did. That, yeah. that, that did. That did. And now, you know, I didn't feel it because it was, it was a, a bright sunny day. It was a summer's day. Do you know? I wonder just, uh, I just wonder if children and babies and toddlers are more open to these kind of experiences. Let me, let me get some more calls on there, if you don't mind, Anita. But you told an amazing story there, a lot of different aspects to it. So thank yeah, you for that. Yeah. Yeah, cheers. Look after yourself. Yeah. Geraldine says, a rented house in Great William O'Brien Street in Blackpool years ago. Lots of strange and eerie things were happening in that house. I could never explain the goings on. I can tell you I was glad to leave it. And Julie says, true story, my son is 20. But when he was small, he was acting up, typical toddler. And I sent him to the naughty step. As you do. And then he left out a scream, Mom, Mom. So I rushed out and said, What's wrong? And he replied, I saw Granny at the top of the stairs looking very cross at me. I said, Describe her. And my God, he described her perfectly. It was my mam's 30th, 30th year anniversary recently. And she passed away when I was 10 from breast cancer. Unfortunately, he had never seen 
nor met her. Text the Neil Prenderville Show now. 086-810-4106. Red FM. Okay, keep sharing those spooky stories. Text 086-810-4106. Pick up the phone on one 850 I mentioned earlier on this morning uh, that on Wednesday night, Brenda Dennehy and four friends ventured to one of the most haunted castles in Cork, they say. Kalekill Castle. And they met there with Anthony and Jennifer, their paranormal investigators from Ghost Era. Here's about two or three minutes, up to three minutes of Brenda's experience. We'll chat a little bit more afterwards. But this is um, Wednesday night and a dark, cold night at Kalekill Castle. Have you ever had a spirit, spiritual experience before? No, no, I'm really looking forward to it though. I'm very excited, a bit of crack there. We can't wait to see what happens. Hiya. Um, no, I was, uh, I never did anything like this before. Have you seen the ghost or anything like that? No, never. never. Hi, so my name's Anthony Kerrigan. I'm part of a cycle research team uh, based in Ireland. And we are tonight doing a paranormal study at Carraganas Castle in County Cork. We're doing seances, talking board sessions, using the portal, spirit box, and also the permission board. So we'll see what's around in mind or spirit. No one messing, no. No, no one's gonna mess. You should be first. So take a deep breath in. And out. asking any spirits to come forward tonight we're giving you the energies to step forward we're giving you the breath to manifest to be one again okay do any of you want to call out if you don't Brenda no um, like I now imagine you know, I'm a bit itchy in my chest is that normal okay like I guess um Itchy, like you know. It can happen. Like I don't know, it's just an itch. It could be burning there. It could be. My grandmother, I can't get her out of my head, and I. It's not a lot that I think about her, but I don't know. I just find it strange that she's in my in my head now. Okay. That can that can happen there. So it's when you try and connect in. Asking Sam to step forward. Maybe through the box behind. Or you. Ben. Is that you, Sarah? Seance and uh, Christine Travis. I felt something crawling up my hand. Can't even find her, but it wasn't. You saw me move. Yeah, I saw her hands move. There's nothing on it. So, uh, what was going on? Was there was there the word? Was there the word Sarah spelt on your on your Ouija board? Well, I didn't play the Ouija board and none of us did play the Ouija board. Anthony and Jennifer did play the Ouija board, but we we didn't um, take part. Was the name spelt? Yeah, the name Sarah was spelt. And was there a girl called Sarah 
strangled there at yeah. some stage years yeah. ago in that castle? Yeah. Joke me. Yeah. I mean, is that something that you wanted to do? Were you excited about it or were you scared? Well, it's weird because I would have been petrified before doing something like that, but... I was there, like, just standing there, what, the record at the portal and doing the seance, and I had no fear over me whatsoever. I think we all kind of just didn't want to be messing around with anything bad spirits, so we all made the conscious decision that we wanted only, like, good spirits, so there was no messing on that behalf, or, and we all agreed we didn't want to do the Ouija but we were leaving that to... Um, Anthony. Anthony and Jennifer. And... You saw the board moving. I saw the board moving, yeah. You saw we it all spell. Saw it. Did you yeah. see... Somebody heard a female voice or something shouting, stop. Uh, help and stop. Help. Yeah, one of the other girls heard that. And w- were you sitting in, in, a, in an old abandoned castle in a room and chairs around a table just to scr- set the scene? Yeah, so initially we first went in and um, all there was five five of us went to meet um, ghost, the guys from Ghost Era. Um, first of all, we went in and we had a seance and I had never done a seance before. I don't think any of the other girls did. And um, we were all had just had our hands flat on the table and we're all, as you could hear there, we were breathing in and out, breathing in and out. And then Anthony was kind of um, doing some kind of a, a ritual. And after some time, I could feel like, and I'd be a big sceptic, no, Neil, you know, I know I'd be messing and all that kind of thing. But um, I could feel, I know it sounds funny, but I could feel very itchy. Right. <laughs> around my neck like an awful sensation like like, and then it was kind of like a burning sensation and I think Julie felt something similar and then one of the other girls kind of she felt something kind of crawly on her and then Christine said she felt something touch off her hand yeah she did and she got a jump she got she did get a fright and did any spirit come forward then or was there any communication at the seance Christine said the name Sarah she said for some reason the name Sarah is coming up for me Christine is one of your buddies that yes, went with you. And yeah. did she know a Sarah? No, or, no, no. She got. She was the one that really got affected by it. She got. She actually got a fright. And you didn't do the the actual Ouija board. No, no, no. Was that the end? Was that the end of the that seance? That was at the end. Yeah, they played the permission board then in front of us. I think What's the permission board? I think the permission board. Anthony will explain that better. But it's, it's, it looks. It doesn't spell out the letters. It just kind of answers little questions and stuff like. I think that's it. But the Ouija board then um, spells out the letters and the words and stuff like that. Okay. So how would you describe your experience then Wednesday night? I really enjoyed it. No, I was when I was when I was going home after. Like we, we all really enjoyed it, and it was a great experience. But I suppose I was a bit spooked in, like thinking, was I going to wake up? I hear these stories about like someone's in the bed and um, like someone's pulling the duvet or something after them. So oh, yeah, I was going to bed like with one eye kind of half open at the start. But then, you know, I suppose I was just like only good spirits. You know, that's what I was. Yeah, you don't want, you want don't want an evil spirit attached no, to you. No, nothing that like comes, that. And that comes I'll, home with you. Yeah, nothing like that. And I suppose, as they say, what like fear the living, not the dead. You know, so. Yeah, no, I wouldn't have played the Ouija board because I've heard like really not so good things and none of the girls did either. Okay, okay. Years years ago, on, on a few occasions, we played uh, the Ouija board. This would have been way back in the back end of the, probably the early 90s. And over the course of maybe three or four episodes on the Ouija board, this girl's name kept coming up. Leona Fuller was her name, Leona Fuller. And I, and I would have chatted with her on over the space of a, of a few weeks. Uh, and she told me on this Ouija board, spelling it out, that she died of consumption in London in the early 1900s. 
Uh, and then you go back again and maybe a week later and the same thing. L-E-O-N-A-F-U-L-L-E-R. It was the weirdest thing. I mean, it, it just wasn't anything that I could explain or rationalize. And when you'd say, who are you? Um, you know, L-E-O-N-A. When did you die? I think something like 1906. Mm-hmm. Where? L-O-N-D-O-N. And what did you die of? C-O-M or C-O-N-S-U-M-P-T-I-O-N. There's definitely something in it. Yeah, Weird, we, isn't it? We had an experience years ago. Again, we were young, we were teenagers and we did it. We didn't know what we were doing, really. You know, we just did it for a bit of fun. But there was a young boy, the spirit of a young boy. I can't remember his name. And uh, he wouldn't leave us leave the board because he was telling us that he was sad and he was on his own and he was lonely and he wouldn't let us leave. So we were kind of getting a little bit freaked out. But, I mean, you always have the suspicion, is it someone moving the board? That's always mm-hmm. being said. And, and I, I, I really, to this day, I don't I'm think absolutely so. convinced they weren't. I don't because think so. they were as freaked as I was. Because the rapidity of the movement from letter it. to letter, yeah. humans and couldn't spe- do and that. And the speed as well, yeah. exactly. Like, when he was getting very frustrated with us because we <laughs> really <laughs> wanted to leave... He would get faster and faster, and like my hand was moving. Oh, really I believe fast. you. No, it, I, it, it'll always stay with me as well, actually. You know, but I can't even remember how we left in the end. But there's definitely something. In okay, it. let me talk to Anthony from uh, Ghost Era. Anthony, good morning. Good morning. How are you doing, Neil? I'm good, my man. I had a good look at your website last night. It's very impressive. It's well laid out. You've got your own ghost channel, your own YouTube channel, and stuff like that. You talk and communicate with many people, but ever with spirits, Anthony. With spirits, I suppose I, that's the big question there. Is it a spirit or our own mind? So we call ourselves the Cycle Research Team. Uh, so we study not just if it is spirits, uh, a personality on the outside of our consciousness, or is it also to do with our minds? Is our, our sight, our using telepathy, clairvoyance, or precognition? Or imagination, uh, perhaps imagination, hallucination as well that way, okay. or it, it could be that, that sort of way, it could be our senses, how we perceive things that could be tricking that, the mind, the brain, the computer in our bodies to actually witness what we see as ghosts. But just talk to me so about Wednesday night. Why did you go to Kill Castle? That's near Bantry. Why, why there? Okay, so it's called Carriganath Castle there, so it's situated and close to Bantry there and a very nice committee people. But the um, reason why we picked that location is because we were there previous times there and as, as they're a nice host, that makes uh, the, the evening even better so you can relax, get in tune and for situations like using doing a seance or the talking board, it makes you relax and you may be able to tune in more. Yeah. And we were there about 10 years ago and it's interesting what Brenda said there because she was during the cell and she was getting heat and fire in, her, in herself there. She was getting heated. And we did an experiment about 10 years ago where myself, I went into a coffin. It was around Halloween time and I could feel myself burning up inside the coffin. I didn't know what was happening, but the rest of the team members Elsewhere in the castle, asked for me to be feel the sensation of burning, and you did. I did, yeah. But did now you, on the past, sorry, go ahead. Did you pick anything up Wednesday night? So Wednesday night. So going back to this thing about what is a ghost, I'm, I'm going to put it short, and I will relate to what happened Wednesday night. We see ghosts, we hear ghosts, 
people either there's the physiological effect, whether you balance movement or time of day or temperature. Then there's the environmental aspect of seeing things move, either psychokinesis, like even that could be our mind. But as as Brenda mentioned, Christine mentioned the word Sarah, and this is significant. Now, this we related. We were there at the castle about two years ago for uh, uh, an investigation there, and we got the year 1650s and the girl's name Sarah, and she was a girl and. There was a sheriff, a man in the background, a type of bailiff that was that did something bad to her, really bad to her, and it was something to do with the next suffocation. And this is what probably what Brendan was picking up. Um, with the burning was, sensation around Brenda's neck and one of the other girls um, into her mind came the name Sarah. When you when you say you saw you saw did you see a Sarah? Did you see the sheriff behind her or or, or how did that work? So this is where we're coming back on it. So we did an experiment a few years ago, and it's called the mind wave the device. It's an EEG, so it monitors the brain waves. And an experiment we did with my wife Jennifer there, and I called out her name, and her brain waves uh, peaked alpha, which is a type of brain wave. Um, so when calling out a name, it brings in these spirits. We've noticed. So when uh, Christine said the name Sarah. This probably woke the consciousness of the spirit entity, this personality, to come forward. Right. So it's when I know when we call out our names of for people like spirits and all that. There, when we call out the name, and they come forward. But like to uh, what we did was the permission board, and what came up on the permission board, we always asked the question. I give permission for the other side too, and for Jennifer, I went to I give permission for you to use my touch, and for me, it was for what you see in the past. So when we did the Ouija board, the talking board session afterwards, you could say Jennifer's the main connector. She's the main one that has the spirit guide. She, she placed her finger on a planchette, which is the device which moves around the board. And I was probably, the spirits were saying, what I knew from the past was coming uh, was coming true again. And what Christine uh, said with the name Sarah. Now, I looked up last night there. I only just looked up last night there. And Donald... Cam O'Sullivan Bear. He had a son called Donald Cam. Oh, uh, no, Donald O'Sullivan Bear, and his wife was Sarah O'Brien. Wow. I'm not too sure now. Did O'Sullivan Bear live in that castle with his wife Sarah? Yes, Donald Cam O'Sullivan Bear, the, the famous chief and one of the famous uh, earls uh, that would have really put a big fine of about Did, Yeah, I wish I had more time but like I know you also went to the Civic Trust House on Pope's Key that beautiful, beautiful house on, on Pope's Key. W- were you there and did did you pick up a, a recording there? Yeah, we picked up a recording and was, um, we've got it in, pub, in a chapter in our new book coming out soon there. But what we got was um, we were calling out we got one of the members of the team asked who are you hiding from? And in a deep croaky voice it said hiding from you now I'm not going to impersonate it but it was deep croaky but maybe this is the way they can only talk you know we might presume, assume ourselves did you hear those words it came on the recording there um, naturally then sometimes I would hear them myself like uh, you know I probably I don't know if I'm going to ask the question next if anything unusual happened to me there is one aspect uh, where it's uh, cross between possession and channeling 
Uh, so hiding from you, would that be deemed to be an evil spirit, a frightened spirit, um, a lonely well, one? We, well, what we assumed from all the um, experiments done at the location is that it was, uh, it, was, it, was, it was an old hospital. I don't know how many people would know this, actually, this red building on Pope's Keys, like a doll's house. It was actually an old hospital for women and children. And I think it was uh, what would come in in the years of the years of actually just speaking about consumption and all that was yeah. during that time. And there were, there was children being left orphaned a lot because parents were stuck inside and the starvation and all that kind of stuff there. So it, it, we were getting mo- mostly, I think it was either a nun coming in, apparently there, or it was it was somebody. Just, just not. Oh, it was, we were getting kids there that were trying to hide, so they won't get noticed, so they weren't chucked out. So, now how do you know that? I mean, you did. Did you did you didn't experience? Did you experience this? Was it visionary? Well, visionary. I suppose no, we didn't see visionary there. We we used the experience on most of the like um, spiritual um, uh, divination experiments. So we could for like seances, talk and board, using different cards where the glass can move to, so depicting what occupation, what emotion they're feeling, or just um, automatic writing is another form like letting your mind go free. And so, and you, you write on behalf of the spirit, you write words. True, yeah. So this, would, this could not be put down to you just having a vivid imagination. It could be, it could be to do with that because you have to look at it on all aspects there. All right. But, uh, it, it, what reviewing the evidence afterwards, there we were getting names to people that were associated with the building. Um, when you researched afterwards, the names related to the Civic Trust House, or when you were in Waterford, I think on the board, a spirit spelt out the words "In you I will live." Is that right? Yeah, that's true. There. Um, so we, we use a combination of different, we go into finer detail, even more finer detail with the experiments. And that location, that theatre in Waterford there, yes, the talking board said, in you I will live. But in just soon board. after that then, a spirit mm. entered your body and mm. you describe yourself as being powerless. Yeah, it was like powerless there. Um, I suppose it was an awakening. So you could go either way. You could say it was possession or you could say it was channeling. Did they speak? Did they speak? Did that spirit speak through you? It did, yeah. It's uh, it's, uh, in the lines of slave boy, uh, something slave boy there. Now, my speech, I've learned to use my speech. The spirits come in using my speech. So, my vocal cords, they contract and expand. Did the voice say through you, I am a slave boy, is it? I think that could be that. I am a slave boy. It was something like a slave boy there. And it was supposed to be associated with the actual key of Waterford there. So slavery wouldn't have been out of the question around that time. Anyway, it was around about the 1800s um, that the theatre was around. Well, around about the 1600s and up until the 1840s, something in the region of one and a half million Irish people were sent out of Ireland as slaves, many of them down to the Caribbean um, by the British. And they were treated abominably badly, particularly the poor, particularly women, actually, and children. Um, sure, so, yeah. And the port of Cork, primarily, but notwithstanding that, possibly Waterford Port as well. Yeah, that would have happened there. 
but the, the, the feeling that I got was that I lost control of my body, uh, but mentally I was there. Uh, I, could, I was there still present, but I just lost control. Can you tell me wife. whether or not you would recommend people to use um, a seance is probably done under, you know, with, with, with somebody like you um, knowing what they're doing. But for the general public, are Ouija boards dangerous? I wouldn't say they're dangerous there. Now, it's, I suppose it's the, it's the uh, how you, it's the respect you have to show to, to using the board, uh, your thoughts to how you want the result to be like it the information, preparation, uh, as in what questions you like to ask. Um, if it's to do with the history, mostly. If, you, if you're more selfish or ask about yourself, you probably tend to not get the right results you want to. But I suppose it's how we interpret the way the planchette or the glass is moving around the board. Um, you know, the situations that we found out recently, actually, with the uh, we have a program called the Ouija Hour, which you have on our website. But the planchette circling fast, wide circles is something in relation to getting excited, not to spread fear onto a person. It's getting energized. But it's not a danger. You know, we hear of, you know, you don't want to awaken an evil spirit that could possess you or, I mean, I don't know. I mean, like, will you you always get something off a Ouija board every single time? Well, we use it with the intent we we call in our spirit guides, which is stroke angels there, to actually be the the um, mediator between ourselves and the spirits. Let us know what is around. So they're like our, you know, like our phone, like they tell us what's happening around us at this present moment. So, uh, you know, I wouldn't be evil spirits. We've never come across evil spirits okay. because the intent we have is making, getting details, information, preparation, and working with alongside people that we know that are perfect. And have any of you people, finally, have any of you people been physically in the presence in the same room with a visible spirit? So uh, that's the contrast again is like we're coming back to what is the ghost? Is it, is it what our eyes perceive? I suppose the nerve end in the nerves in our eye, some of it can't pick out the whole spectrum, the photoceptor of what we're seeing. So it's making up false information and sending it to the brain. So it's how, what we perceive. Uh, people, I wouldn't, as well, I, some people would see them. People... Have you? Hear them. See them? Not me. My wife does. Jennifer, she, see, she sees them clearly. I hear them and I, I channel them. So and when you do or when she does, would a room go freezing cold? I would do cold, yeah. That's the most predominant thing. So when you come back to haunted houses, mansions, uh, anywhere that has been left abandoned, most of them are obviously are cold there. But this is where they generate the energy to come forward in. Um, I suppose they use the cold atmosphere to actually speak quicker, uh, speak, because sound travels slower in cold climate. So if, so people, if people log on to ghostera.ie, will they hear actual audio of spirits? Uh, ghostera.net. <laughs> Sorry, ghostera.net. Audio, because um, of spontaneous cases, it's hard to Trap get them. the right equipment in the right areas for them to come forward. And most of the time, I suppose there's there's about we've over the twelve years we've done it, we've got about six audio recordings from a digital recorder. We've got more obviously from a visual recording. 
Um, so we will we are having a book out soon, so people are able to listen into some of these electronic voice phenomenon, which is called audio, where spirits are supposed to talk, and they'll be able to catch up on that. Looking forward to that. Okay, we might stay in touch with you, Anthony, but I invite people to oh, go and check out your website over the weekend. All right. Yeah, it'd be great to have yourself come along as well, then. You know, I know you're interested there. But I certainly, I certainly would like to do that. Yeah, I think I would like yeah. to do it. So yeah, make it happen. Come back to me, and I'm, I'm, I'm here to help out. Definitely, you know. And just one last thing, going out because this is interesting about what you're saying about the houses. There, I live in Killarney, obviously, Kerry. I, we have a house next door to us. A year, year to this day, is still vacant. Oh, for God's sake, outside. man! It's happening. I know. All so it's not that. just. It's happening all around. It's such a shame and so many people crying out for homes. Thanks, Anthony. We'll talk again, my friend. All the best for now. No worries, Neil. Thank you, Brenda. All the best. Happy Halloween. www.ghostera.net This is the Neil Prenderville Show. Tweet the show at Neil Red FM. 104 to 106 Red FM. Free Food Friday shoutouts for everybody at the, ble- the Breast Clinic on Infirmary Road to Argos and Mahan who are listening to Trigon Hotels who love pizza, Leisure World in Churchfield, TK First Aid and Hygiene and McCroomer on board, everybody working in the kitchen in St. Luke's Nursing Home in Mahan, uh, John Gray Auto Services in Middleton, Cork Distribution in Little Island, the Weight Wellbeing Clinic are listening as well, so is everybody at Level 1 at the Victoria Hospital, the Waterstones Clinic, Burke Shipping at the Port of Cork, Baker Finn Recruitment, Acorn Blinds in Watergrass Hill LC Tiles and, bath- and Bathrooms in Holly Hill are on board and they'd share next door's business O'Sullivan Brothers if they win Quinn Precision Monastery Road Alton and uh, the Movers out in Ovens they, um, everybody working at the Super Value Deli in Cove uh, all of the staff including uh, Neovet Housing First Team of Focus Ireland and the gang down in Kinsale Sandra and all of the girls at the House of Hair in Kinsale who say Happy Friday more shout outs and another opportunity to win pizza for up to 15 of you, courtesy of ourselves, an Oak Fire Pizza. So text who you are and where you are to 0868104106. Hi, it's Connor. Join me Sunday from 7 for Green on Red, bringing you the biggest, the best, and newest names in Irish music. Get it off your chest. Call Neil Prenderville now. 1850-104-106. Red FM. Get it off your chest is right. And an awful lot of annoyance and anger from people yesterday when they heard of the amount of houses, particularly the one or two calls we had, which is talking about one house in, in Blackpool, 17 years um, uh, unoccupied. How could anybody justify a house being empty for over 15 years? Somebody in City Hall must be held responsible. You mentioned the tower in Knocknahini. Maybe, maybe you could ask somebody why the new houses we built next to the tower are still at a standstill and have been for the last six months. Other ones then, I won't say much about this because it'll be coming before the courts, but somebody claiming a pension for dead parents dead for over 30 years. What is wrong with this country? A guy claiming his deceased parents' pension. He's the cheek to do this and then gets free legal aid. I bet he won't have to pay back that either. Well, there is free legal aid in this case, a solicitor and indeed a barrister. We also dealt with Operation Transformation. There is a petition to have it taken off air, looking for 5,000 signatures and they'll get it. I don't really understand the people's problem with Operation Transformation. The show is on for years now. People are happy to go on it and most seem happy with it. It is not only about weight loss, it's about fitness and mental health. There was a lady last year that couldn't even walk up the stairs. Now she can walk up to five kilometers. There was another lady that lost two children and they helped her with bereavement. 
Uh, there have been plenty of past contestants on the show that come back every year to show their progress. They always say it's not just about the eight weeks of the show, it's about continuing with the work already done. The only part I don't like about the show are the awful outfits they wear, they wear for the weigh-ins. So thank you for that. It's important to have balance. Another one, maybe if some people, maybe if some people don't like the TV show, don't watch it. But plenty do. And obviously, people, um, plenty of people want to take part in it because they get lots of applicants every year. I also think people given out about Catherine Thomas's presenting it uh, are just begrudgers. She seems very caring and people complained when Jerry Ryan presented because he wasn't healthy enough. This is just a case of something I don't like, so get rid of it. We're a nation of moaners. Thank you for all that. And one then on, um, you know, what they call fat shaming. I'm in no favor, uh, I'm not in any favor of fat shaming, but I think there's a dangerous movement now tending the other way, where the mentality is that being overweight is okay and being overweight is in fact healthy. Now, each to their own, except when this movement shames people for losing weight, like Adele became the target of this with a writer writing a full article basically saying that Adele sold out when all she did was adopt a healthier lifestyle and exercise to help with anxiety. Nobody should be shamed, whatever their size. And those of us that attempt to maintain a certain size or shape through exercise and healthy eating should be left to do so without being labelled obsessed or without being labelled too skinny. It goes both ways. Now, I think that's very interesting because I did not know that Adele became any kind of a target uh, or anybody was accusing her of selling out because she lost weight. I mean... Talk about the pendulum swinging from side to side. So keep those coming. Text 0868104106. So the seance then down in Kalekill Castle near Bantry on Wednesday night. Our Brenda Denny, he was down there. Julie was down there. Sandra was down there. Christine was down there. And Miriam was down there as well. But I'm keen to ask Julie how she got on and what she thought of the experience. Her ghost hunting episode Wednesday night. Julie, good morning. Hi, Neil. How are you? I'm great. So you survived the night. We do, and you know what, Neil? If you asked me to do this pre-COVID, I would say, are you have a laugh, not a hope. <laughs> so is it a case of get, managing to get out of the house or you got yeah. courage through COVID? <laughs> yeah, I'd go to nothing of a book. So when the girls came to me um, last week and were saying this to me, I was like, yeah, I'm there, count me in, let's do it. I'd never done anything like this in my life, but it was a great experience. And how would you really describe it? I mean, a great experience, How? Do you know what? Now, when I was like, when the girls were saying it to me last week, I was thinking, you know, you think of the movies, like tables being lifted up, like, you know, something to say, not. It was actually a very, very confident experience for me and all the girls. Um, when we were, like, as, as the girls said, we didn't play the board, we just we were just watching Anthony and Jennifer. But, but the seance, though, for instance, were you expecting yes. to meet and a visit from, say, perhaps a loved one or a grandparent or something like that? Yeah. Well, that's that's what I was just getting at. So when we when he when they were playing that, we were as, as I said, we were just watching. Like we didn't want anything to do with the boards or any any of the boards. So Anthony asked us if we want a little message, and we all said yes, please. So each one of us got a little message, and then it came to me. And my little message was so the board spelled out H E A L, which obviously spelled heel. And as you know, I lost my dad a couple of months ago, so that was a lovely little message for me. Do you know, and Anthony didn't know I lost my dad, but that, so that the message bo- and so, so the board much. spelt that out with the glass over yeah. of a gadget. The H E A L was that your yeah. dad? Was that your dad? You'd wonder, you'd wonder, but I I took a lot of comfort from that little message. It was just one word. Anthony didn't know I lost my dad, but like he could have spelt out any words. There's hundreds and thousands, millions of words. 
but he just felt out heel for me. And I, I just loved that. It was just a great, great comfort. That must be amazing for you, having missed your dad and still mourning him to get a message like that. To yeah, get on with your life, so I'm okay, yeah. be happy, yeah. heal, move on. Heal, yeah. And another little message we got, so there's five of us down there. So, Anthony said, look, before we go, we'll ask um, the spirits around us for one last m- message for the whole lot of you. So, the, the board spells out B-E-K-I-N-G. Be kind, girls. Isn't that lovely? It's even That's- more spooky because you were wearing a top yeah. saying, yeah. be kind. Yeah. Okay, so I was wearing the same night we went out. We actually had the, I think we were on a yellow weather warning. It was lashing, so we all wore coats and hats and scarves. So he couldn't have seen my jumper because I was all wrapped up in a coat. So when he spelt out, be kind, I said, girls, this is, it was a lovely little message to get, but it was weird that when I zipped down my coat and my jumper read, be kind. Wow, that's weird. Yeah. Isn't it? Isn't yeah, it? so do you know what? It was, as I said, it was a comfort. It was, I came away from that. I, 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 it was a comfort more than anything. I, I really enjoyed it. Tell me it. Now, just before I let you go. What's the castle like? Is it derelict or, or what? Yeah, yeah. So we went down there. I think it was six o'clock when we got there. And it was lashing rain. And it was dark. And like he turned off. There was lights there. But he turned off the lights. But he had like a torch. Um so, but it was it was very very freaky very very freaky. And what kind of a room were you in? Was it a big room like what would have been an old ballroom, a dining room, or, or what? No, it was a small room. I don't know what they used the room for, but it was tiny, and we had to go upstairs. So that was uh, and the windows, you know, the old like school windows. It was very very freaky. What old stone steps of a stairs was it? Yeah, Amazing. yeah, yeah. So, and you know, so um, that was where going up the stairs, I was like, oh my God, what are we doing? Oh my but, um, God. Yeah, it was good. So, you got a lot of comfort from it then? I be, did. Be kind did. and heal. And heal, yeah. And as I said, of all the words he could have spelt out or they could have spelt out heal, which was lovely, which is really, really lovely. <sighs> That's great. I'm delighted for you. So the weekend ahead now will involve children and trick or treating and anything for Halloween and yeah, snap apple I'm noises. My own demons in this house. <laughs> <laughs> I'll let you get on with it. Have a great weekend, Julie. You too, Neil. Cheers. Take care. Take care. Fantastic. Bye. I love it. Frank. Morning, Neil. How are you? You're a bit of a trickster, a bit of a scamp. Um, your best Halloween memory doesn't involve any ghosts, although the neighbours probably thought it was ghosts. What did you get up to in Mount Farron? Well, well, I suppose we were obviously kids, maybe 11, 12 years of age. And our big thing on Halloween was that we used to lift the gates, the front gates of the hoses off and swap them around. <laughs> um, I think there was, maybe there was 40 or 50 hoses in, in the terrace. And we'd switch them all around. And the following morning, then, shoot of all the mammies out. And they're searching the terrace for their gate, like, because they were all different colours. And uh, we just... Oh, you'd swap, the, you'd mix up the gates from different houses. Exactly. We'd lift it from house A and put it up to house Z. And Metal gates, versa. like, was it? The front <laughs> gate, as a, before you go up the steps into yeah, the house. You mean, you had no problem lifting them or anything, no? No, no, they just slipped straight off the hinges. <laughs> there was no... There was no screwdriver that involved like but then there was <laughs> the, we, we we all had the witch in, in every terrace the, 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 the woman that if you kicked the ball into her garden she'd punch her um, she called the guards <laughs> well, she did so funnily enough she did on numerous occasions because the ball would hit her gate 
throw one particular Halloween. Then. She wouldn't call the cards because you're balling. She actually did. In all fairness, like, what a life yes. is she leading? I mean, I put it this way, my father and her husband <laughs> and another man in the terrace all share the same name. I don't want to know her name for fear she's, oh, she's still amongst the living. I, I'm, I'm not going to But what's it. wrong with kids banging up? Well, I know I'd probably get calls from people saying it's all very well for you to say, but if you were demented by it, it's a different story. And it, but, but if we got post from my father, which wasn't from my father, she'd be over banging down the door wanting to know why we opened her post, <laughs> even though it was my father's name. <laughs> one particular year then we said, right, we'll catch this witch out. We didn't bother... Changing her gate, we spray painted it. <laughs> for a stroke, you spray painted her gate. Was she around the place looking for her real she gates? All, she was all over the terrace for the full day the next day looking for it. <laughs> and we were sitting on the corner just breaking our asses laughing. I hear that that poor woman has passed away. You're lucky she didn't come back to haunt you. She is, and for, well, maybe she, well, no, her son did. Because her son probably taught you he was vice principal. I don't want to know anyone involved in the family or anything like that. Do you believe in ghosts? Not at all, no. <laughs> no. I, they, they, um, I just, I don't believe in ghosts, but I certainly believe in spirits. What's the difference? You mean vodka and whiskey, is it? Uh, exactly. All right, okay. <laughs> because that's what they must be drinking when they're seeing it. All right. Okay. <laughs> Thanks, Pete. The gate swapper of Mount Farron. Have a good weekend. Actually, just back to audio. Uh, it's lovely stuff to get people sharing ghost stories. And we do a lot of it on the air around Halloween. But we also take to the streets. And Mark did that job. We played you some from Seamus earlier on this morning. Here's part two. This is Mark Willington checking in with people and their ghost stories. A few months ago, my grand-aunt died, and I was like, I was really close to my grand-aunt, and I was in my room one night, it was like 3 a.m., and I woke up, and I was, I heard, like, footsteps down the hall, and I, like, started to freak out, because I was like, I was like, oh no, like, there's something going on, and then my poster was, like, fe- like, torn off my wall, and I was like, this is scary, and then I heard an alarm going off, and I was like, what is that, and my mom got up and walked down the hall, so I was like, okay, everything's fine, like, everything's grand, and then my mom told me the next morning that it was my aunt, grand-aunt's phone had an alarm set for, like, 3 a.m., and it was like going off when all this was going on and I was like oh she's like it, it was the one she was just after dying as well so you're like oh she's coming back to like say hi and my mom used to joke that she was a witch because she used to like say she used to read tea leaves which is very strange she's a very strange woman but like again I was really close to her but like she has so much stories of like having dreams actually she, her dad died when she was young and she had a dream that her dad was waking her up and when she woke up she says this she woke up she went into her mom's room to tell her and her mom was having a heart attack and she like thought that the dad like woken her up to like tell her that to go help her mom so like that's she that's another story but I don't know if that's true because that wasn't me I've not seen anything it was more, it's more feelings and things happening showers and taps going on and stuff like that in one particular house when the owner of the house knew but was happy with it where I, I didn't like it. I just used to go and clean. But the people that lived there surely must have been a bit scared. He, he <laughs> felt, he had it, he had it blessed for me, but he didn't go away. My grandmother, which has gone back now to early 1900s, and uh, of her, she had um, a sister who died, and she always said she woke one night. And next to her in the bed, she saw this tiny figure in white, in a white dress. And through her life, she really believed 
that that was her sister but I think it was a dream I lost my sister some years ago and if I had ever believed in anything I said she would have made some contact I knew she would have made some contact and when that didn't happen no no I didn't believe before that but she's gone and she's gone the same way as I will I felt the cold presence down when I was in the warm room and it was just cold. I was inside in bed and people who had moved down, I felt a very cold presence, like this kind of coldness and a presence in the room. But it was just cold. It wasn't a figure or anything. And I said, oh my God. I grew up in an estate where we were always told as young people that these two boys who live locally, who died tragically, used to play a game called Kick the Can, where they used to kick the can over and back to each other. And we were always told as kids that if we stayed up past 12 o'clock midnight, that we'd be able to hear these boys playing kick the can over and back to each other but as an adult looking back on the story I think it was just always to make sure that we were in bed before 12 o'clock because you'd be too afraid to stay up past in case you'd hear the can going up and down the street There's a blast from the past, Rockwell. Somebody's watching me. I dropped in a few um, sound effects of a wolf howling on top of that. Anyway, keep those texts coming. Text 0868104106. As we head into yet another weekend, here's a text from earlier in the week that was talking about last weekend when a lot of changes were made with regards to the jazz weekend. I'd like to highlight a shameful situation Saturday night in my own local pub. I went in with my wife and was shocked at the throngs of people inside. It was unreal. There must have been, in one area, 15 young lads at a table where they were actually sitting on each other. People were standing, drinking at the bar. No such thing as COVID certificate on entry or even some sort of contact tracing. Nothing. It was an absolute disgrace from the management to allow this to happen. Pure greed and nothing else. Certainly not people's safety and welfare. Also, for the record, we did leave. We left immediately, both of us. Read this out. Let your listeners know we will be back in lockdown again because of this stupidity and greed. Don't give up my details. A lot of people are still quite anxious. I wanted to text in because this last weekend, just gone, gave me the biggest anxiety. There's so much pressure around young people now and going out, and it's been made so prevalent, certainly at the bank holiday weekend. I was as excited as the next person to start getting back to normality, but I know me and a lot of others just aren't ready to be going back to the scene of nightclubs just yet and mixing with people. You don't know yet, but friends are giving you judgment to making you feel like a bit stupid for having any kind of concerns because we spent the last two years indoors and now we've spent the last few days in worry over what may happen in all of the settings that I've been mixing in. But if I were not to go or leave early because of my concerns, my friends will just think I'm being ridiculous. I'd love to know if I'm the only one that feels this way. Perhaps there are others. Thanks a million. And that by text 0868104106. And a lot of annoyance then with the way the government's been handling everything. Um how the nightclubs were allowed to open basically with zero restrictions. Well, zero restrictions apart from having to book an hour in advance. The queues in town are just, all particularly at weekends, day and night, 
are unbelievable and they say the ICUs are filling up and cases are rising. Cases really are just crazy, but particularly in schools. And then they say the flu will make things even more severe in the coming months. They say people need to be extra careful and pregnant women at greater risk. On one hand, they're allowing everyone enter into a small area in a nightclub with no masks. And on the other hand, they're telling people who are avoiding these areas that we need to be extra cautious not to catch it. Yet all the people at nightclubs, which are ideal places for COVID, are the same people who then enter the community the next day or might have kids in school, work in local shops. I know of nurses in clubs at the weekend too, which baffled me, not to say... Not saying your profession means you can't enjoy things like everybody else, but surely with regards to medics, common sense should prevail. The chance of COVID in a nightclub is huge and they'll happily walk into a hospital this week or next week and pass it on then to vulnerable people, many of which might die. Let me tell you, we'll be in lockdown um, come Christmas for the sake of a few nights out. And it will be, again, the innocent that will suffer. And that's from Mike by email to neil at redfm.ie. Back after the break. Call the Neil Prenderville Show now. 1850-104-106. Red FM. You can text 0868-104-106. We'll do some more shout-outs for Free Food Friday and then pick a winner. Uh, we also have some double passes to give away for the big wedding fair that's happening in the Roadstone Park Hotel on Sunday. So all that to come. Norma, good morning. Good morning, Neil. Oh, my God. Go on. I was just listening to there um, years ago there and uh, my daughter my sister-in-law died and we went up to Galway for the funeral. It was over 20 so years I, ago actually wasn't it? Oh it was yes but um, it was my daughter reminded me of it there this morning I must have blanked it out of my mind because I'm a very nervous person right. but um, we went up anyway and my little boy was about five at the time and we were staying in the same room and he kept saying to me, Mammy, there's a man, a tall man with a cap and a pipe walking into the wardrobe and the door is closed. And I kept telling him, you're dreaming, you're imagining. No, I can't be. Look at him, look at him. And, you know, I found my mother dead a couple of uh, years before that at the side of the bed. So oh. I, I was extremely nervous since then. Oh. But I caught him. You probably think I'm a terrible mother. I caught the toilet and put him out nearest to the wardrobe. I was so afraid. What you do? What you you put him next to the wardrobe? Yeah, the bed was fairly close to the wardrobe and the window. So I clapped the child. He was on the inside, and I had a pillow there so he wouldn't roll over. <laughs> and I cut him, and I put him up by the wardrobe to be closer to the ghost. Yeah. And was it in someone's house you were, or was it a? I was actually B&B in uh, my brother's house, which his wife had been buried that day. Right. No, my husband. My husband went out with my brother-in-law for a drink, and I stayed at home. Now, there was three other teenagers in the house and two other younger children outside my own children. So, um, the next thing was, anyway, I put him out there, and when my brother came home, he came into the bedroom, and what I didn't know at the time, my sister-in-law had died in that bed, and... uh, my sister-in-law had got the house uh, blessed by a priest three times when she was alive. Why? Why? She, she never, she said, it was something weird about the house. Now, my brother, my brother used to be saying to my daughter, she, she's always thinking about things like that. Did she ever but say she saw anything that she would have had it blessed three times? She, she said when she'd be at home and her own, like when the children were at school and my husband or my brother was at work, she said she'd get a, a kind of a, a whiff 
You know, if she was walking out of a room or walking in as if somebody passed her. Oh, yeah, like the air would move, yeah, like... Um, a, yeah, like a, but the thing about it, Neil, they were... A wisp there, of air, as you describe it. Yeah, the man who built the house, right, he put extra things into it because he was going to live in it himself. Yeah. He only stayed it in three months, and he got it blessed, and after three months he got out of the house with his wife and kids. I'll be darned. And your son, who was five at the time, categorically saw a tall man with a cap and a pipe. Yes, and for months after, even when we came back to Cork, he kept telling everybody in his his school. Of course, the teachers thought he was exaggerating. And he kept telling my my older child, which she was only about uh, seven at the time, and... She was scared then going into a hot bedroom back here in Cork in case the man with the cat No, sure so that won't happen. You're, that spirit is above in the house in Galway. But it's amazing the amount of calls this morning from people telling stories of children and toddlers who have experiences. But you see the thing, Neil, I forgot about that because I, I told you I'm very nervous and I must have planked it on in my head. But when my daughter came into the kitchen, I was telling her the stories that was on your radio yeah. and she, she managed to ring me up and tell him about what happened to our way she's like God I didn't I forgot about it it's amazing she, go on, I'd love you know I'd love that I'd love to experience something like that you you clearly wouldn't but I would love to oh, see God, a ghost you know, Neil, I found my mother dead at the side of bed and we were the only two in the house and my father had died eight months beforehand so I was petrified oh to discover your beloved mother like that must have been traumatic oh yeah yeah. So I was nervous since then. So when the child told me that, I nearly freaked out. I know. That's why I put him over by the wardrobe. <laughs> to protect, well, to protect you. <laughs> should have, oh, yeah. Should have been the other way around, Norma. <laughs> Aren't I very brave, Neil? You're very brave. Well, you tell you what, I'll tell you one thing. You tell the story very well. Have a lovely weekend. You too. Thank you very much Bye. for taking my call. Take care. Regards to you and all the family, Wayne included. I'd love an experience like that. I think it would be amazing. Never happened. I suppose the time yet. Back after the break. The Neil Prendival Show on Cork's Red FM. Our phone lines remain open after midday. 1850-104-106. Happy Halloween, everybody. Happy Halloween. Hang on a second now. Ken? Yeah? Are you telling me that where I am right now... It's haunted. I wouldn't say that building is Neil, but yeah, I mean, I'm 40 now, so uh, I suppose I'd have been 10. So about 30 years, but there was an old apple orchard where, that, where Red FM is now. An know? old apple orchard where I am now before they built the the commercial park. Okay. Yes, and there was an old farmer's house there would have been a massive derelict building for a long, long time, you know. Right. And um, when I was kids and you speak right in the window door, there was a massive stairs. And you go up the stairs and we, we used to always show, oh, there'll be a ghost, and there'll be a big scatter, you know, but uh, that was a very, very old building, and uh, as I said, where Red FM is now, you know. Did you ever see anything or experience anything there? I know you were shouting, looking for them, but did they ever answer? Yeah, not, not personally, no, I'll be honest with you. Maybe fellas used to pal around, maybe all the lads might have been out there and seen something, but it was known in Corrine Estate for being uh, a haunted house, you know. So other people said they did here, experience yeah, something? yeah, yeah. A lot of lads known Corrine that would know know me and know my family would have said it like that. That was known for being a haunted house here. It was probably obviously uh, it's well gone. now, it's gone thirty years now. But and did it right sit here all on its own then, surrounded by apple trees? 
Yeah, yeah, that, that would have been the old farm on to we say where 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 Corrigan Park and all that is now where 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 the UCC have their camp and I all thought, that. I think you were ninety percent sure you saw a ghost. Ninety percent mm-hmm. sure. Well, when I when I was a child, we 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 would have we would have said like yeah, like at one stage we were out there on bikes that we was going on the bikes and go around there and up the top of the stairs that would have been would have been like. It was it was more than a rumor, more than you know, more than me possibly <laughs> seeing one. But uh, I don't know. Do I believe in all that crack? You know. <laughs> I'll pay a little bit more attention here. Then never know what I might spot. Yeah, that's 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 a fact. Uh, that's why I said I take things. I guarantee you never heard of that old house being there. Never even knew there was an orchard before I was here. And uh, uh, definitely, and and I, I would look in. I would definitely say there's someone down along the line with with Facebook. I know that someone would have a picture of that old house. You know, fantastic. Thanks for sharing, Ken. Cheese. Uh-huh. One of the best people that I knew for ghost stories or telling weird stories like that was my mother-in-law, the late Kitty Lennon. She had great stories down through the years. I mean, she lived to nearly 100 years old so God knows she would have had a lot of experiences in that life but I remember when she was courting way back in the day uh, her man she went on to marry Ned Lenehan they were all very heavily involved in the railway lines and he would have lived and had relations down in Glanton I think uh, it was a a station there at the time Uh, but she would talk about walking back up from Glanton back up into the city or something like that and a lot of the time they would walk by the railway line but one particular story that she did tell it was she could tell her an awful lot better than I could if she were here but walking against them was an old woman a very old woman now she wasn't she never said that she was floating or was an apparition it was a very old woman uh, that would walk right past them and right through them and out the other side I mean it was the spookiest of stories it was just one of many uh, I don't know whether anybody has any stories that could match that or banshees or experiences like that but uh, we'll probably run out of time ultimately but do tell ghost stories over the weekend it's very important particularly on Sunday they all sit around and share ghost stories lines open at one 850 text 0868104106 we still have one more blast of shout outs for our free food Friday courtesy of ourselves in Oak Fire Pizza but there's some one hell of an experience if you're in the area. Uh, there's over 300 truckers that are going to be coming together and they'll start in the Green Glens. They'll go from there to Rathmore, to Mallow, to Boherbui, to Newmarket, to Kenturk, to Inneskeen and Mill Street on the 31st. So it's only a couple of days away. Anthony Kelleher's amongst them. He's a truck driver. Anthony, good morning. Good morning, Neil. How are so you? So this is Sunday, isn't it? Uh, Sunday at the 31st, yeah. 300 Sunday. truckers, and all for a good cause. Firstly, what is the good cause? Um, the cause is my wife's niece. She's a little four-and-a-half-year-old girl, um, originally from Cantork, but now living in Kilorglan. She um, she has a condition that tumours can grow anywhere in the body. Did I see um, Did I see posters up for Alana going through Kilorglan? You could have. You could have. Definitely there is posters Nearly everywhere. <laughs> now, some of them have been stolen <laughs> or removed, but uh, I am aware but, of. I'm aware of Alana and her condition, and a lot of fundraising yeah. on her behalf. What is her condition? Um, I I can't actually think of the name of it off offhand, but, but it's um, tumors that could grow anywhere tumors, and will involve yeah. lots of chemo, isn't it? Yeah, they can grow anywhere in the body, but she has a few of them on her optic nerves. And are inoperable, so she's going through two years of chemo at the moment to try and shrink them or remove them. And she's very brave um, at four and a half. In fairness, yeah, a little crater. But yeah, um, yeah. we're sharing the run then with another little girl from Effen and County Limerick. Her yeah. name is Ellie Cusack. Um, Did Ellie, they meet up? Did Ellie and Delana meet? Yeah, 
they met the first time Alana went to Temple Street in Dublin and they remained friends with her mom Caroline and uh, Ellie's sight unfortunately is gone in her left eye and she's actually in Germany this week for treatment to try and save her sight in her right eye. The things people go through, you know, and for those that don't, don't go through it, how lucky we are, you know. I know it's grand to be able to get up every morning, and you Without might be sore, but you can yeah. still you can still move about. And with three hundred truckers coming together, um, are you doing bucket collections and things? How how is it working? There is bucket collections, and there's raffles in the Green Glens for prizes and different things. There's people have been very generous. Um, truck companies, uh, truck garages, hotels, restaurants. Um, down to the local people sponsoring signs and high-vis jackets and stuff for the run and for marshals and for people in general. So it's people are just being very good to us. And 300 truckers, well, are these big HGV characters now or what? Arctics yeah, and things? they'll be Arctics without the trailers. And where will so they come just, from? All over? They, um, are they mates of yours? They're from everywhere. They're coming from the north, they're coming from Wexford, Leash, Kilkenny, Tipperary. Everywhere, carry everywhere. You know, truck drivers are like they're like another family to put us. Uh, you put the word way. out on the old CB. No CBs are gone, unfortunately, <laughs> since uh, since mobile phones came in. That's a shame, isn't it? You're not doing the breaker is, breaker. Yeah, it is. Ah, uh, no, it's face, Facebook mostly now, and word of mouth and phone calls and here and there. It's actually my son Jack, who would be Alana's cousin, is mostly after organising this. Well, Fair good luck lot, with it. A lot on of work Sunday. put in. Good luck with it on Sunday. From Green Glens to Rathmore to Mallow to Boherbui to Newmarket to Cantark to Roskeen. Is, and there's a back to, is it back to Mill Street then? It's kind of like an assortment. Yeah, it's actually Mill Street to Rathmore to Boherbui to Newmarket, Cantark, out to Roskeen and back to Mill Street. Well done. So people need to pay oh, attention, look out for it. It'll be a sight to behold. And yeah, the best be of luck to there. Alana and the best of luck to little Ellie as well. We wish them well. There will be there will be a lot a lot of things. Another thing, Neil, while I'm on to you, um, I'm a member of a group now on Facebook. It's uh, Irish Truckers and Haulage Association against fuel prices. Oh, tell me about it. <laughs> yeah, there's a big strike coming up on the 24th of November. It's a Wednesday. When you say so strike, is it that they strike. won't be they won't be transporting? Is it? Yeah, we're going to block ports, streets. Now, it, it is going to put the general public out of their way for for the day, but it's affecting everybody. No matter what you get, Neil, if you look in the studio in front of you there, anything down to a biro has come in the back of a truck at some stage. You know, you're so right. And, you know, we have yeah. worries now with Christmas. On Wednesday, I was reading out stuff from the paper saying, if you need something for Christmas, get it now. Is that because of transport issues, uh, HGV drivers being not enough of them? Um, yeah. Issues the ports and, and uh, the big back, there's a big problem with containers, isn't there? Yeah, there is. Yeah, there is. But it's, it's mostly down to fuel prices because they're actually extortionate at the moment. Now, I've emailed a couple of different TDs and messaged them, and a couple of them have actually blocked me off their pages for raising the question about fuel prices. But who do you blame for it, though, Anthony? That's just it. Like, you know, if the government are taking 55 or 57 euro out of every 100 euro you spend... You know, there's there's actually no need for that, and people are getting nothing in return. Well, they've got the, I, they've got the biggest slice of the pie. They have, yeah, they have. Which you is, don't do you don't do international anymore, do you know? Not anymore. No, I gave it up about two and a half, three years ago. 
hard job, it's, like sleeping in the truck in there. Yeah, it is. Yeah, it is. But you know, it's like fuel prices have gone and gone. There's companies actually going out of business. There's one company I can't think of their names. Other Barry's actually up in I think it's Ross Common. Or I just they see just it can't evening. put the diesel They're in gone. the trucks. Yeah. They're gone. Like we've, my father and myself have only two trucks, and we're burning between three and four hundred euros of diesel every two days. Mother of God! And that's just and two m- trucks. That's one truck. So that's that is so ultimately that gets passed on to the consumer. It gets included right. in the price. Yeah, well, a lot, a lot of the time you can pass it on. You know, your the haulier, the haulier is taking the hit. Fella told me what? once a couple of years ago you'd pay four grand for a container from China. Last time I checked, when it was eighteen grand for the container. I'm sure it's even doubled that now as well. Easily. I have a friend that's building a house at the moment and his roof for the house went up four grand between January and May. Just for materials. Unbelievable. Listen, we might chat again closer to that. You're saying the 29th of November, but good luck on Sunday, all right, with the run. 24th 24th. of November. Yeah, it's a Wednesday. All right, pal. Listen, have a good weekend and regards to you and special hello to Alana and Ellie, all right? Thanks a million. All right, Anthony. Happy to oblige. Great guy. Pat, good morning. Uh, morning, Neil. I'm okay. going to the story with anyway. Why would you get killed? Go on, let's hear it. <laughs> uh, it was uh, about 17 years ago. My, uh, my aunt uh, was in the car accident. One of my two aunts in the car accident. And unfortunately, one of them um, passed away uh, oh. that night from it. And she was uh, above in uh, COH. But we didn't know, the rest of the family didn't know that she was up there. And um, it was about, <coughs> we, we were... And we were uh, it, was, it was Mother's Day actually in, in uh, this what the second Sunday of March, and um, we were in the we I was we were just uh, were farming and we came in uh, from the yard and uh, that was grand. My father went uh, down to his own room and the fire was lighting into your traditional old farmhouse open fire. Fire was lighting and the fire was big enough that it was it would warm the room. And I and you go down to the, the other side of the house, you'd have to walk through that room. So I was above in the kitchen, and I walked, uh, came into the room, and I noticed that it was unnaturally kind of cold. Yeah. And I looked at the fire, and I said, just that fire's actually quite big to have the room warm enough. And I ignored it anyway, and I walked through the room. Well, two minutes later, I walked back up again. And this time now, it was exceptionally cold. It was it was an unbearable, it was a cold I never experienced before. And Like fridge freezer cold, is it? Oh, yeah, even, yeah, it would be, yeah, it'd be like as if, yeah, you were inside in one of those fridge freezers. Uh, but, but it was into the bones. Cold. Do you ever walk into a cold room in a pub, say, for instance, yeah. or in the back of a butcher yeah, shop? Yeah, that, 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 kind of, that kind of cold, yeah. Oh, my God. And um, I was sitting in front of the fire, and I'm kind of going, the fire's actually lighting. Like it, 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 I, I should be warm. And and then, and I was going to walk out of the room. My father turns to me, and he says, do you notice that it's very cold inside this room? And I says, yeah, and I says, the window's closed. And and just as I had was I had said that to him, just on my out on my left periphery, there was um, there was this kind of this black spot, something a black spot for a, a split second, and then there was a whoosh past my back, and I kind of looked to my left and I looked to my right and I said, "Jesus, something just go past me there." And then the next said the phone rings and I said to my father, "He says uh, the phone is ringing there. I go up and get the phone." And I went up and got the phone. It was one of the it was one of the immediate family members and said, "You better come up to see your H." Um, uh, your, your father's sister has been um, in, a, in an accident and he needs to come up straight away and pretty much the story then was that she had she had passed at that time which is around about I think quarter past seven that evening do you think and that was I'm the orb do you think that was the orb of her spirit passing through the house 
I 100% certain yeah and I said I, my father passed away in August 20 and uh, I her two her son and her grandson are in the room and I told the story exactly like that to the two of them and they were just gobsmacked I said your aunt was actually your your mother my aunt had was here in the room I said she was there in the room the room was stone cold and she passed through at that moment but said. that's amazing because I have exper- I have people who've told me they've experienced orbs but they're they're bright lights flashing lights or da- a dancing light this, the best way to describe this is like it was like as if it was it was just a black dot and it's there was like kind of streams coming out of the black dot it was like like, like something floating in water it was there for uh, not even a, I'd say not even a millionth of a second it was just there and then whoosh passed me and the timing's very important it was at the moment when your aunt passed away they're 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 the boats, like, amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Amazing. Yeah. Amazing. Thanks, Pat. Thanks for sharing. Wish you had more time. Right. Great stories this morning, and we do every every Halloween, and thank you for them. Okay, final bunch batch of free food Friday shout-outs for everybody at Donovan Life Pharmacy in Balafihan, Feelings Pharmacy in Blackrock Hall, every single pharmacy in Cork's listening to us, I think. Everybody at Lions Life in Kilbarry Industrial Estate, good morning. They won awards for investment of the year. Well done. Glenline Fitted Furniture in Ballyvalan are listening. St. Anne's Ward in Marymount Hospice doing great work and uh, deserve a treat. Sweetness, hair and beauty in Blackpool. All of the staff at Blarney Castle and Gardens. Simone, Betty, Carmel, Gronya, Celine, Teresa, Jason and Ben. To everybody, Euro Car Parts. Morning to uh, Tony. To River Lane Bar Social Club and also a very special shout out for Joe, the doorman. Kira in Clonakilty working from home. Healy's Bread Distributions in Mayfield and Little Island Transport in Tivoli. We'll pick a winner and do some shout outs after the break. Talk to Neil Prenderville now. 1851-04106 Red FM Pick the winner, 15 of you will be fed six large pizzas, garlic breads, potatoes, drinks, dips and desserts, courtesy of ourselves and Oak Fire Pizza. If you're ordering pizza at the weekend, oakfirepizza.ie and this week it is Hey! From all of the gang in Fleming's Pharmacy on the Douglas Road, we would love Oak Fire Pizza today and we are willing to share it with our neighbouring business Tesco Express next door to us on the Douglas Road. So there's a double whammy there, Fleming's Pharmacy and Tesco Express will be having a pizza party up to 15 of you even more if you share it around with sides and desserts and everything to go with it courtesy of ourselves and Oak Fire Pizza so enjoy big happy birthday Sinead Tuig Nee Fitzsimmons in New Jersey who's a loyal listener to the show overseas it would make her day if you said hello so hi Sinead from all of the family in Carrigaline very special lady happy birthday to Anne Mulcahy one of the golden girls she's 83 tomorrow from all your kids grandkids and all the family please play simply the best for her. I have no time for that, but we know that Anne Mulcahy simply is the best. And can I wish the best of luck to the Cork Stroke Support Group, CSS, because today their new premises will be opened by the Lord Mayor Colm Kelleher in Black Rock today. And that was first established in 2010 by three volunteer nurses, Mary Foley, Carmel Kilcommons and Anita Ryan. They knew at the time that there was a lack of support for people who had suffered stroke and their families once discharged from hospital. And this Cork Stroke Support uh, organization makes all of the difference and they got their own new premises opening today in Black Rock so have a great day today indeed have a great weekend for the weekend that's in it There's some tickets for the wedding fair now to give away for Sunday afternoon. It's the first wedding fair in the country, so get dialing for those. 1-850-104-106. Have a good weekend. I'll see you Monday. Thanks for listening to this Red FM podcast. Don't forget to subscribe and check out redextra.ie for more great Red FM content.